And the reality is, even if it's fucking Jesus' semen, eventually no one wants it in their mouth. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Like, <laughs> Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. What's wrong with you? Why are you so flat? What do you mean? You seem disappointed. No, I'm just, uh, I was, uh, I was looking for something. I was looking for a, uh, this post I found, um, that went through the types of, uh, the types of shorts that the hedge funds were using for GME. It yeah, was, man. Yeah. I've hardly read up on it at all. Everyone's waiting for the <laughs> views. <laughs> I've just, I've seen some like Facebook comments. <laughs> That's about no, I do have a little bit of knowledge. Well, yeah. It's what the a- fuck? We can't just start straight with that. No. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, man. How are you going? What did you do last night? You <laughs> fucking roasted yourself. Uh, oh, man. I had a, uh, a little yeah. solo and showcase action. It was fucking great, man. That, that room's going... That room's going gangbusters. It's awesome. Well, that's great, mate. Great news for you. <laughs> I'm glad something's going well for one of us. Yeah, well, no, I want you, I want you there. I want you to come and do a solo, man. Print, print money. Mate, I want to do it. Hey, the show's all right. I don't enjoy it, but, like, the crowd does. <laughs> yeah, how was, uh, how was your festival season? Oh, mate, you know. Like, Three shows? <laughs> oh, just, like, the fucking COVID restrictions. Do you know? Because you do, you do, like, the comedy lounge all the time, which is... You know, 150 people packed, you're getting claps. Yeah. Then you're suddenly in this fucking loft space, you know, with table seating. And uh, it was half the number of people that were meant to be in there. So it's sort of tepid, patronizing laughter. They come off because they don't see a lot of comedy. So they're like, oh, that was great. But you're like, it's fucking garbage. <laughs> Car crash. It was so patronizing. Do you know, the whole show, I just felt like, oh, for fuck's sake. You wait a year to do the show. It'd be nice to do it at the comedy lounge. Do you know what I mean? And get like the reaction you would on a showcase. Yeah. Rather like, than sort of these meek. And I mean, and the thing is, because it's in Perth, it's basically family and friends. So it's like doing a 21st speech. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and Robbo did a funnel off the roof. And they're like, yeah, Robbo. <laughs> like at some point it's just reminiscing over things that happened to you. Dude, it's such an artificial crowd. Do you know what I mean? It's not the real deal. It's like, yeah, Robbo. You got good reviews though, and you won a you won a prize, mate. You, yeah, <laughs> sticker like in primary school. The, yeah, yeah, it was the local comedian of the week award. <laughs> mate, it was huge. Hey, that's on rotation, right? They, you, it's, 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 all, all eight of you get one. Well, dude, that, I think that <laughs> that's what happens, hey, because um, they want to support local, so it's always uh, a local guy or girl that wins it. Yeah, even well, though they, you know what I mean. Like if you watch, well, Amos won. Yeah, well, they give it to they give one to Amos, they give one to Mandy Knight, and they give one to you, and then they have to give one to an open mic. <laughs> an open mic gets it. An unknown name. Yeah, Guantino presents. I'm doing this for the last time, or I hope this goes well, or here goes nothing, or and then all their reviews are th- those things. Like um, my mum told me to stop. Audience member going, what oh. the fuck did I just see? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. And it's a photo of them like, 
holding the mic with their, you can see their dream in the background with a Lamborghini, <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. um, fucking Bill Hicks and Carlin <laughs> in a Lamborghini because they work at Ikea and it's like their dream. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I'm going to do it. I'm a truth sayer. Which is a great representation because they're standing still and the Lamborghini's flying by them. <laughs> it's Yeah, that's the truth is that is their real experience. Yeah. Seeing someone successful shoot past them on the motorway. I saw Bart on, uh, Bart Freeman was up and on Friday, uh, it, was, it was a decent crowd, but there was just this like group of- Is this your police siren? No, it's yours, man. Yeah, go on. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a good crowd, but it was just a, a good room, just a group of staunch like- uh, 20, like, like, yeah, table of 20, like staunch blokes, um, who were just put off by something at the top of the show and then were just real guarded the whole time. Um, yep. and Bart did, uh, he's got one joke, which is, it's just like a silly word play, like payoff at the end. And everyone laughs, but one guy's like, oh man, that was bad. And he was like, fuck you, cunt. It's better than anything you'll ever do. <laughs> and like the crowd's oh, loving it. And he's like, this, me on this stage and you down there is a reflection of our actual status as well. <laughs> oh, mate, I love that he does that. Yeah, man. And the guy, because I, I told him, I was like, dude, go hard. Like fucking kill these guys. And this guy's face, right, it was just, it was frozen for the rest of his set. Like the last 10 minutes of his set, he's just sitting there frozen. Like he's processing whether to be angry or if it like if the boys are gonna be behind him, uh, if if he gets mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I fight? Like I'm a coward, but will the boys have my back? If yeah. You try bash him after the show. Bart's a fucking truck, man. Like you look at him and you think, like, well, I can't, I can't. You do can't anything. do anything, man. It's like what I've been doing to them because uh, when you get the judgmental crowd, I'm like, oh yeah, you just fucking, you can't. I think I said this last step. You like, oh, you just can't say anything on stage anymore. Do you guys find that when you do stand-up comedy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're up here? How do you find it when you do it? Oh, that's right. You're fucking cowards. You're sitting there with your arms folded. I'm living your worst nightmare. And then you're judging it. Wow. Wow. It really says a lot, though, when you think about it, doesn't it, you fucking turds? What was the theme of your show? What was the, the narrative? Mate, it's just circling the drain. So it's just a, a nihilist view on everything. Just everything sucks. It's about my life circling the drain, how society's circling the drain, how everything, it just sums it up, man. And the thing that was annoying is the gatekeepers <laughs> didn't want me to do that title, but it's pretty much a perfect title for Wait, the show. Wait, who, who are the gatekeepers in Perth? It's a fringe. Oh, people, people in Melbourne, like when I was going to take it over, they go, oh, it sounds a bit dark. I'm like, well, fucking, do you know what the thing is? They just try to homogenise everyone into Peter Hellier. It's like, well... Do you know, I don't know if you know, but not everyone, that's not everyone's cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? Not everyone wants to go and hear how, oh, my nan knits tea cozies as if they're her kids. Fucking, you see it on everything. She's knitting jumpers for everything. What's that, hey, about? Oh, cardigan for a fucking <laughs> domestic appliance. Do you know? This yeah. is, and they clap. <laughs> it's true. Nan does knit it. Even though, even over an ashtray, has got a fucking woolly, woolly rug on like it's going to get cold. I'm like, what? Does, a, does an inanimate object get cold? Fucking think about it, Nan. 
you know, and you say it to Nan and you're like, oh, you know, you really should get a dog if you keep knitting clothes for shit. What, why? Is it a tea cosy? It's already warm in the in the teapot. You don't need one. Dude, and then you hear people leaving and going like, oh, it's so true about the tea cosy. <laughs> Nan had one on her, her teapot. I was at the supermarket last week and they are like that. They're all like that, man. You can never, the mangoes are always in a different place. They're always in a different place. And they say, why don't you just call your show Tea Cozy? <laughs> Why did you call it tea cozy? It can't be morose at all. The, the, the only market for comedy is uplifting Mike and Matt McIntyre where you're jumping around the stage going, oh, I've got lots of keys yeah. in my drawer and there's elastic bands in there as well. Have you ever noticed? There's a fucking, <laughs> there's weird shit in there, a piece of gum. Who put that there? Who puts gum in a drawer? Who puts gum in a drawer? Like, that's crazy. Imagine if, it's, if, uh, if you went there and your show title was like Wolfie back at it again and then people show up and it's like you on the poster and you got your arms crossed and you're looking smug and then they show up and it's just you screaming like oh it's all gone it's all gone wrong like that's way worse why would they they your show title should be a reflection of what people are going to experience oh totally dude because it was uh it was going to be like a betrayal of trust because they'd come in and i go life of the party and it's sort of meant to be cynical, like, do you know, I'm actually the party pooper, but that was the old title, the title that was sort of thrust on me. But then it's like, some people would come and think, wow, it's going to be a big party. But then I actually come in and go like, we're all dying. You've, that woman there, uh, you look like you've got skin cancer. Look at that growth on your side of your arm. Do you know what I mean? It's, they're just heartbreak. Yeah. And that meant that big crescendo where you're self-flagellating with your shirt off at the end, just screaming demonically into the microphone. Mate. This isn't a party. <laughs> Dude, the thing is that's hard is um, the smaller shows, you know, with that setup, because comedy is like a team sport. So if they don't lift, do you know what I mean? You work your dick off. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. you're like, instead of, instead of getting like a clap break and people howling, it's like, ha, 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 ha next, ha, 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 next. <laughs> And you're like, fucking hell, it's like checking into a shift at Coles. You're like, this is hard work. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, with a smaller crowd, uh, it's like the it's like you you're trying to get your car pushed and they they push it for a little bit and then as soon as you try to turn the key and start it, they all stop and wait. And they're like, Oh, is it working oh, now? And you're like, You stop fucking pushing. You need to keep pushing and they're like, Oh, we'll go again, we'll go again, we'll go again. Dude, I had it last night, like they because everyone there's a foreboding in Perth because it's a little bubble and they've never had, like, this lockdown has scared the fuck out of everyone. So the crowd was so quiet, but you just keep yelling, like, what do you want, you fucking cunts? <laughs> I said it about eight times. I go, do you know how hard it is up here? Do you think I'm enjoying this? I'm like, just fucking lift, cunts, or I'm not going to keep going. <laughs> I, said it, I said that. Just lift or I'm not going to keep going. Like, seriously, I'm not here fucking, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I really don't care. And if you're not going to fucking... If you're not going to engage, like, do you know, because you can hear when they, they're not listening properly. Do you know when they don't listen? Yeah, of course. And you're like, but anyway, man, the show was all right. But like, I don't know. It's been a fucking shit Christmas, shit time. It's been a rough time. <laughs> Christmas is gone, man. Christmas is in the past. I know. Thank God. Christmas is the worst. Every day is bad now. <laughs> it's fucking hard, hey. How was last night with the, uh, like, with the, with the shows and the restrictions, did they did they run? Oh, mate, it's 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 so frustrating, hey, because the masks it's just like a dystopian nightmare. Do you know what I mean? You feel like you've dropped. You don't have to wear it on stage, do you? No, you don't wear it on stage. But you know, when you're walking around, you feel like you're in uh, some acid trip. 
Do you know what I mean? Like the people wandering around. I saw it. I saw the best thing. I saw a guy getting a pie with no shoes on. He, even he had a mask. Like, I love that. A bogan. Like it's <laughs> yeah, an act yeah. of choice not to wear shoes. Like, but he still was sensible enough. Like, better grab the mask, go into the laundry. It is funny to go to leave the house and not put your shoes on. Dude, it's like, raining. Yeah. It's wet. He's got a pie. But he's still, like, socially responsible with the mask. I fucking love that. Is it a themed one with minions on it? So you know that he went to the effort? Like, he, he, bought, he bought a specialty one? Dude, I love, I love that people try... I've been joking about it going, where'd you get your mask? It's awful. You're meant to be fashionable. And I'm like, I love the fact that people try to put their, a little spin of them on their mask. A fucking surgical requirement for a contagion. And they're like, oh, I might bedazzle mine up. <laughs> really sort of express myself with the bath. Make it playful, yeah. Dude, people are so so fucking desperate to be noticed in any way. They're like, oh, I'll get a pink one with a, it looks like teeth. It's going to be so funny. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, even in the most smallest areas, they're looking to put their own little personal stamp on it. Of course, man. You know, yeah, I've always wanted to be Bane. This is a great opportunity for me to be Bane. <laughs> Oh, oh mate, I'm Bane now. People, people, oh, at the bar, they're like, mate, Bane. I'm like, oh, yes, it's me with a mask. Oh, they're going to fucking love it. Wait until the boys see this at the pub. <laughs> oh, my God, it's a crocodile mouth. Oh, it's so funny. And they, they, you know what I mean? People are knitting it. Uh, you know, they, I, oh, mate, that, that vibe is crazy to me. Do you know what I mean? That they, they want to personalise their fucking surgical mask yeah fuck do you know what i mean yeah, the yeah. Jazzle it. oh i'm gonna put like you know you put that fucking what, what's that glitter that you put on your face and that can uh, when i blow it will blow into the room it's like a dragon <laughs> i think the only move there is to wear a full like a full helmet you know if you really want to dude you you wear a welder's mask or like a ball and gag where you <laughs> yeah. got a ball in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> you wander around and you look like BDSM, you, you know what I mean? And you got like a fucking leathers on and it's your first <laughs> night. You know one of those ones that you can... Oh, dude, you know what you need? That fucking dominatrix with the zip mouth. Yeah, yeah. That's you know the like, leather one that you can unzip to have a cigarette? You got a gimp, just the head for the gimp on without the rest of it. <laughs> You're pulling it down. You know what I would love? A regular mask. You walk into a shop to buy something. Uh, you get asked a question, you pull the mask down, you've got the ball and gag underneath it. Like it's oh, been there the mate. whole time. <laughs> you're going to take it, it well, out. You wear, like, you wear like a motorbike <laughs> helmet. The best is um, if you had one that looked like you don't have a mask on. So people are yelling, put your mask on. And it looks exactly like a, your bottom of your mouth. And yeah. you're, I've got one. <laughs> it's a trick. I'm David Copperfield. I tricked you. <laughs> I've got a mask. You take it off and you, it's full black face paint underneath. <laughs> Mate. But the thing is, like, why won't people just accept their mortality? Do you know what I mean? It's like if you actually reflect back on everything, there's many ways to die. Like, there's no reason to get in your car and drive and get a coffee when it's a three-minute walk. It's an unnecessary risk. If we apply this risk profile on everything, it's like, why are you putting your two kids in the car when you live five minutes from the beach and risking your life? Like yesterday, probably 5,000 people wrapped around trees in cars, but we don't go like, oi, don't drive, mate. Do the sensible thing. Load up your bucket and spade in a fucking wheelbarrow and walk safely on the footpath. But you little Peggy will risk your kid's life to go get your coffee. You should be walking everywhere. Are we, is this leading into an anti-mask thing? Is this where you're going? No, I'm it? just saying, I'm just saying, just let it spread. 
Do you know? It's, it's the function of your nature. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you know what I mean? It's like when you pick sports team and a few people are left in the bench. Like nature is basically going, hey, these three don't really, shouldn't be playing. Do you know? Yeah. No, this sounds so mean, but I'm like, it's like, look, those three probably need to have a little rest on the bench slash die from COVID. <laughs> I'm like, we want to strengthen up the the team. It's like, you know, the the draft pick or, you know, when you, when you get decommissioned from the AFL. Yeah. That's all that's happening. This is a good, this is a, uh, is a unique take, I think. Um, and it's way better than, it's not COVID denial. It's, uh, it's COVID acceptance. <laughs> Dude, accepting COVID like cancer. And you know, you know what? You can also get skin cancer. You can die of, in the bath. There are lots of ways to die. And God has now, because he hates us, found a new way to kill you. <laughs> and you're like, I hate this. We want to just stay alive. I don't care if we're peering out from curtains. At least you get another day watching Matlock. That's a great alternative hashtag to flatten the curve is thin the herd. Yeah, man. Well, I suppose <laughs> this is what Boris Johnson was doing and it all turned fucking sour. And look, I know that some young people die and whatever, but like think of the lines, dude. When you're in the bank line, they'll trim it. You can get, you know, you, you get, you go to the H Hungry Jack's drive-through, and you're like, "Fuck, it's pretty fast today," and that is thanks to COVID. You're like, you know, I normally actually wait about twenty minutes to get my bus token in the morning. It's eighteen now. Thank you, COVID. Another fucking great moment. Another success. Oh, fireworks! Remember when you couldn't get a picnic blanket down? Now I've got prime place at the Christmas carols. We got a great blanket. We got cheese. Yeah, there are no carolers and there are no fireworks, but um, it's pretty good to be in the park. The carols are so much better now that there's not that fat guy in a Star Wars shirt that was coughing the whole time. He's gone. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that fat guy that you could hear phlegm coming through his lungs that got weeded out by COVID. Oh, what a shame. You could hear him hacking up phlegm into a fucking bucket next year as you watch the Christmas carols. Yeah. And like we're like, no. Protect him, protect him. I'm like, fuck, dude, I'd, I'd run him over in my car. You don't even need COVID. I'll do what COVID's trying to achieve. Yep. But this is what I'm saying to you. There's a big dichotomy here where people have failed to realise that we're the virus. COVID is actually more noble cause. It's looking to spread around. It's not changing the environment too much. It doesn't want to put it two by two by the river. It just wants to re rest in your lungs and kill you. <laughs> it's actually more noble. We like, oh, let's rip up the forest here because I want to get a third holiday house so that I can have, and we'll get a jetty here. Fuck, oh, there's reef there. Blow it up. Blow it up. I want a jetty for my boat. Winter Storm Uri, the unprecedented snowstorm that plunged Texas into a panic, bursting pipes, and causing statewide outages to power grids that left 4.3 million without electricity has had its Siberian origins identified. This has prompted a week of protests all over the country. Americans have been out in force, demanding that the snowstorm goes back to where it came from. Man, you reminded me, this guy at, uh, at one of the guys at that staunch table, uh, uh, someone asked about sports and he was like, yeah, mate, West Coast Eagles. And all I could think was, oh, you dumb fuck. <laughs> oh, what's this? Like, he was he was, a, he was an Eagles supporter. He was from Perth, and he was an Eagles supporter. I was like, man, you've been tricked. That's not, that's not a real team. There's no history there. Like, what's wrong Jake. with you? You, you, were, you were down there at the inauguration singing the song. <laughs> Dude, there's the no Eagles? history anywhere, like, because... <laughs> 
I, I do a bit on it, but like, so I won't do the bit, but like, we've only been here 200 years, man. Like, you know, it's all fabricated. And we've yeah, talked yeah. about this before, but it's like, no, we always have the pies. I'm like, what? You've only had, probably had up to great granddad there. So <laughs> just because great Dan, granddad had a drinking problem and enjoys pies, we're like, that's the Aussie <laughs> culture. But it was an Irish guy that had a shit life that liked a pie and a drink. Yeah. So it's not really a culture. He was just getting through life. And then we're like, we always fucking, you wrap yourself in a flag, have a pie, and then piss in a public uh, water fountain. That's the Aussie culture. We, it's not like we've got Roman or like big tires, you know, historical shit, like in Italy or, you know, in Ro- you know Rome, where you've got like thousands of years of fuck. Well, I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, of history where they're like, no, we always do the running of the pig. And it's actually happened for like a long time. This is just us clutching at straws going like, the hill's hoist. It's, it's our tradition. We invented the TV. Well, because a real, like a real Australian culture and it's, uh, which, which should be leaned into it is the chant should be like two, eight, four, six, gonna win the convicts. Go convicts. Yeah, totally, dude. And it should be like the, the true culture would just be Asian eventually because do you know what i mean like let's be realistic it's gonna be do, do you know you know what i mean like we're closer there and yeah, it's like yeah. we're clutching at straws we're like oh we'll keep our irish sort of fucking g'day mate how you going i'm like it's not gonna happen we're gonna have fusion stuff two four six eight we like the place that manufactures our plates go yeah, china totally, <laughs> totally, man. i just don't know why people don't think that uh culture evolves they, every every generation is trapped in that moment and then thinks it's significant for their time. They're like, oh, this is our traditions. I'm like, do go back to the caveman. Like, things change, cunt. Fucking grow up. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's the same reason that you get stuck listening to the same music over and over again, right? Is it like you, your, your, your culture is uh, probably more defined by your peers and the, the decade and wherever, wherever you were and whatever was happening when you were about 17 is, is more akin to your culture, you know? And that, yeah. that, that, that should, that should be embraced because it, it, it but it's not because you, you cling to that. And then later on, uh, someone like the, another, another generation's coming up and you're annoyed because they don't appreciate, um, like they don't appreciate Blink-182 like you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> but, that's what, but that's why culture doesn't evolve is because it's, it's tradition and people hold on to whatever their traditions are. So you, it's... A, yeah, because of nostalgia, right? It's not culture if it's, if it's, um, if it's progressing. They're, like they're at war with each other. Yeah, totally. And it's just uh, sentimental nostalgia because you miss your nan. And you're like, she always had uh, Tim Tams. She always had Lamingtons. I'm, God, I miss her. God, I miss her. And this is our culture now. We'll remember her. We'll remember them. You know, like the Anzac, what's that? We'll remember them on the, the day or some shit. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, what's that saying? Lest we forget. Yeah, but you replicate, you replicate behavior because you can't move on and, and move forward into the future the closest thing i felt to experiencing some kind of culture uh maybe in the last year i'd say is i was at a bar and in this upstairs bit behind in like a, a glass case they had uh one of those old wheat bix tins yeah um like the the orange ones and i was like oh yeah oh i remember that 
my grandparents had one of them. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> that's great. I love that. That's that's the that was that was the closest I've identified with something in so long. <laughs> it was a fucking wheat mix tin that was made out of metal. I was like, this is good. I'm resonating with oh, this mate, wheat mix tin. Oh, mate, I do tin. remember that. They want to protect those wheat mix. You don't want to get water on them. They're very absorbent. It's so much better, man. It was great. The cardboard box can be crushed and smashed in the boot. Yeah, oh, it's a lot so, fresher, so much but it fresher. does require you to handle every wheat mix to put it in that box. Oh no, I suppose <laughs> you could use the plastic and you crumble them, so half of them are fucked. You also have to eat all of the wheat mix from the tin immediately after you open it. Don't you love the, the the mind of a human? Like it has to be in a little cube, like a snack bar. It should just be a bag of that shit, and you just scoop it out with a spoon. But we prefer that it's been compacted into little rectangular. Do you know that's how the mind works? Yeah. Like, well, do, doesn't it feel wet, weird going into like a uh, some kind of Asian supermarket and getting like Japanese candies or biscuits or whatever? And every single one of them is, is like it comes in plastic. It's individually wrapped in little plastic. Like to get to whatever your snack is, you're you're making so much mess. You're opening so many things, and you yeah, look, yeah. at the end of it, you're just sitting there with a pile, which is both reminding you that you ate everything you purchased uh, twenty minutes ago in one sitting, and also that it's it's so it's so unnecessary your garbage it's garbage oh dude it's like in japan and and you have a snack and then you throw out what looks like a week's rubbish just in a bag and you're like i just think i had like one of those fresh sandwiches from a 7-eleven and, and two ice creams but like the thing fills your waste bin at your your hotel you're <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck there was more <laughs> waste than what i ate and it's just, you know, you want to have the unwrapping, the unraveling, a bit like uh, doing up your mask. You know, you want to have the excitement and the surprise. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. there's a layer and now there's tin. There's a tin layer <laughs> and then you've got this and you've got a plastic bit that you rip off and it's sort of like... It's a, the Russian doll of pollution, man. A link back to Christmas. And then we, we attack COVID and we're like, when you take like a tiny little candy bar, you wrap it in metal, then plastic... And then a ribbon around it so that you can have a big excitement because you've had a shit day when you go to the 7-Eleven and you buy your little treat. Yeah. You get a little unveiling like a kid. Do you know with those little eggs that they unwrap? Oh, the excitement. It's like a kinder surprise. What's in there? What's in there? Oh, it's chewing gum. Individually wrapped. I love it. You rip each bit. Each Tic Tac has been wrapped in plastic with a face on it. <laughs> so fucking dumb, eh? Man, that's, that's, that should be the catalyst for the next war, I think. That's how we start uh, the war on Asia is it's, it's over pollution. That should be what it's about. Mate, but you know what the thing is? I was thinking about the, the COVID lockdown. I'm like, do, do you know that, that they, um, we did, if, if we could just agree globally, we could have done a lockdown for a month and wipe out pretty much every virus. Because what you do is you lie in a bed, you're all administered like chlamydia packs, STDs, everything. No one's allowed to fuck. No one's allowed to interact. You lie in a bed, the government pumps like uh, fucking wheat picks into your mouth. <laughs> And you don't interact, and that's the end of chlamydia. It's the end of um, it, herpes, obviously, stuck with, but like a lot of airborne diseases. What we could have done is go, you know what? One month, no cunt. You lie in this bed in a bubble for one month, and that is the end of all known half these viruses. How's that? Doesn't work. Like, we're doing a lockdown now in tiered approaches, so some cunt is always crossing the border. Town by town, country by country. There's some cunt from Adelaide coming to do his open mic stand-up that's like, uh, uh, travelling. But if we had just basically turned the lights off 
in the world. I always thought about this when I was young. If you turned the lights off in the world for one month, a lot of these things would be gone forever because they're only carried in humans. And if you didn't interact and then you medicate it so people got a super pill, mm. you know, like you could kill chlamydia if you did that, right? No sex yeah. for 14 days and everyone had to take the antibiotic. And it would be a great, it would be a big reset on antibiotics as well, probably. Yeah, but they never do it. You know why? Because the big farmers control it and they want to keep it going. Because you could, the, the actual solution should be like, you know what? Fuck, dude, there's a lot of STDs. These suck. They're all transmitted during sex and they're all treatable now. So how's mm. this for an idea? No sex for a month, everyone. And everyone's going to get treated, whether you had it or not. And it's one hit. And the farmers are like, oh, 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 no way. Don't do that. This is a multi-billion dollar fucking industry, you fucks. We, we, wait, wait, wait. We could kill chlamydia in 14 days if the whole world just uh, abstained. And no, even you don't even have to abstain. If everyone got administered chlamydia treatment, the antibiotic at the exact same time, it would be over. You still no with chlamydia. You still can't. Uh, you still can't fuck. Even if like if you and your partner both find out that you have chlamydia and you get treated, yet you still can't fuck for uh, the what, the period of time, the seven days, because there's a chance that you have slightly different strains. And if one of you's cute, like you can pass it back and forward. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but, but you, you, you do agree. Like if you took a month off, right, and yeah. everyone took it, the only way you could get it again is if someone fucked a pig. And found it off another species, like it would be out of the system. Yeah, yeah. Which the theory is, works, right? Yeah, yeah. And and like, there's no uh, there's there's no financial or economic repercussions if you put everything on hold for a Dude, month. Dude, how good's this? Because the big farmers have got their vaccine and they've changed it so that it's only an annual treatment for revenue stream. But how good would this be if you were actually forward thinking? And this is what I do if you're government or UN. You say, okay, well we're doing lockdowns anyway. Let's take the chance to wipe out lots of viral-based diseases mm. in the fact that, okay, UK's all locked down. We're all locked down in Perth. You're all locked down. Okay, perfect opportunity. Fun packs arriving, treating this shit. It actually is, but we're just fighting COVID. But the actual, the, the monumental moves that we're doing with society right now could be used to wipe out a myriad of fucking diseases but we're just like, get COVID, get COVID. And they're sitting there, fuck, and sharing chlamydia back and forth, back and forth. But I'm like, it's actually been a golden opportunity to decimate Big Pharma. Yeah. But they, they've not even, no one's even pitched this idea that, hey, dude, if, we're, if you are going to do something, why not get a second and third and 40th benefit out of it? Yeah. Um, I'm just pitching ideas out there, but like I would have thought because I'm probably like, a 60% brain that someone smarter might have thought, hey, if we are doing such big society moves, why don't we get additional benefits out of these big uh, fluxes that we're forcing people, these big upheavals that are actually happening? This is actually a fucking smart idea. It is man. a smart idea. Do you think the do you think a core problem would be uh, I, I think people would be completely unwilling. Like you, you'd have those same people who are anti-mask and anti-vax now. I'm like, no, and there'd be protests and conspiracy theories. Yeah, 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 fair enough. But, man, this reset is what they're trying to achieve with COVID, right? They're like, oh, let's just, uh, in Perth, we're trying to say, well, let's be free of it. And I'm like, we've just, we could have actually wiped out a lot of, yeah, I, anyway, look, I'm just saying, as soon as COVID hit, if we had shut down for a month, 
COVID doesn't exist. The whole Do world people not understand down. this? The whole world Turn all the lights down. out yeah. and just go, China's fucked up. Holy fuck, there's an airborne virus. Everyone indoors. You'll get Uber Eats delivered free from the government and uh, just sit in and watch Netflix for one month. No one's doing shit in any country. Even fucking little guys in the jungle will fucking put them in a bag or something, put them in a cage, <laughs> an air cage, and, um, you know, round them up. With whips and we're going on the 30th of June. It doesn't matter. It's going to spread ra- around 30th of June. Like it's May now, so or it's it's February. So we got time to prepare. 30th of June, lockdown. Everyone, every cunt, go and load up your shit for your house. You're about to go, and then you go inside a little bubble. Dude, I've solved fucking COVID. I think no, I think I think that I think that works. But I think the um uh, the logistical problems are things like uh you've you've got people who who won't adhere to it and you've also got uh people who require who like yeah who who require uh health treatment or whatever anyway and like just these just these little cracks where they'd all sort of seep through and then once you came out of it it'd be the same thing as uh, people getting mad after the lockdown when covid pops up somewhere like covid pops up in some fucking small town or in a sewerage system or there's like a hotel outbreak and, and two people get it and everyone's like well why the fuck would we have to do fucking lockdown anyway man this is fuck this sucks like what the why do we have to do it in the first place this has all been pointless you'd have that rhetoric would be massive if it was a full uh, like a full six week lockdown to try and get rid of everything as soon as it started getting ba- uh, coming back, those little cracks seeping through, people yeah, would yeah. lose their minds, man. And then it would become government conspiracy. And then in order to enforce it, you'd have to go full government conspiracy. You'd have armed police and the military having to patrol the streets and make sure no one's out. Dude, 100%. And this is why they can't tackle global warming because you no, no one communicates like even in australia each premier is like trying to be king dick oh i've got my approach i've got this approach yeah. she's like oh yeah we fucking you just spit in the bag that's what we're doing do you know what i mean and it's like every fuckhead's got their own theory and by design uh only one theory must be right mm. this is what i find funny when you get different approaches from every government like there's obviously the the correct answer but everyone seemed to have done something different, which just shows how shambolic and shit government is. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're, in a, if you're doing a physics test, you know the answer's 0.1147. But because of uh, but politics and you'll be able to sort of finagle your lobbyists, you're able to pre- present 1.222 as the answer yeah. and then fucking convince your voting demographic that, oh, no, he didn't get it wrong. You know, it was just we were hit unluckily we had an unfortunate outbreak but basically what we've realized with the different approaches is that some governments are dickheads like they haven't actually applied 1.147 and they've done 1.99 and they'll still get voted back in because they've got a nice suit and they'll be like you know what we were just blindsided we weren't expecting it to flourish out there in those other areas and you know what it's an unexpected but we've done our best out here like the uk has been totally fucked you know, which mm. which shows total incompetence. They just didn't manage it right. Well, there's a problem where we're in like a, what do they say? Is it a post-truth age where everyone gets to have their own truth? So you have uh, empirical evidence and facts and they don't, uh, they don't apply anymore because everyone has a platform and everyone has a valid opinion. And in the old days when it was, uh, when it was, okay, there's conscription and we're going to war. You, like you saw it, you saw it turn. I think with people protesting Vietnam, uh, yeah, 
uh, no no one was protesting World War One and World War Two, uh, but people were protesting uh, Vietnam. And you're going, okay, well, what do you what do you want us to do? Where where like the US is going? We're in a situation where we failed one of our allies before, and basically uh, the the enemy, uh, the USSR, yeah, yeah. has 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 they've they've defected. Our allies have defected because we didn't intervene like we promised we would. This is another ally. If we don't, if we don't step up, w- w- our words no good. We've, we're we're breaking our alliances, and people are like, no, it's not, it's not, it's not fair. Why are we fighting the war, a war for this for these other people? It's like because they're they're supposed to be our fucking friend. That's why yeah. we're supposed to be getting involved. Obviously, ignoring all the other fucking uh, geopolitical uh, uh, like motives for going to a war like that, right? But the basics of it, you know. You have you have uh, you have an allegiance. You have an ally. If you don't step up and defend them, and you go, oh, sorry, we got protesters. They say no. They go, what the fuck? Like, why do we get into bed with you in the first yeah, place? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And that, but you know, it's so funny, like that, um, that no one will get held to account by this. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is a traumatic, massive moment in hu- human history, and. Um, the truth is you'll see how the lobbyists work in politics. Like, even though that uh, they've been ball drops all over the world, they'll get re-elected, which just shows how nonsense the whole thing is. It's a total uh, facade that, that anyone's doing a job. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, you, you totally fucking, you write the car off, you've been drink driving, then you hand the keys back and they go, oh, yeah, we'll have another drive, ma'am. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> do you know? Like, if you, fucked, if you fucked up your approach to COVID, you should not, you should be out of government. Yeah, but then who, like, who, who was strung up for the GFC? No one, there were no repercussions. No one suffered because, like, <laughs> it's too, it's too massive. You can't point the finger at anyone. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, the GFC was just a big payday for the banks because, do you know, super profits, super bonuses for years as they ran the housing market up through the roof, mm-hmm. collapsed, and then they were too big to fail. So the government, we or the we basically bailed them out and now the bonuses continue because they bought into the drop. So it's another run-up. Yeah. You know, so it was uh, they sat there in their boardroom at Goldman Sachs and said, we'll run it up 500%, then it crashes, it's down twenty, you know, down four hundred percent. Government bails us out, and then we will ride another profit uh, bonus session as it as it rebounds back up because yeah. uh, it was it was saved. And, and man, that's what happened. I can't believe it. They made so much money, and 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 like they were never held to account. They they should have all been buried. What I thought during the GSC is banks should have collapsed, and it should move back into government control. The government, rather than paying the bank, should have said, bye-bye HSBC, bye-bye fucking whatever. Mm. And um, they let a few fail. Let them all fail. And then say, you know what? It's out of control. The system was ravaged. It's now run by the government. If we're going to put in fucking trillions of dollars, we might as well set up our own bank, you dumb fucks. And we'll get our own bonus. Do you know what I mean? At that moment should have been the moment in history where they realised, you know what? Lending money to the bank at the, the bank rate and then letting them put a premium on for the risk that they ensue by, by testing customers. And then we realised they didn't do that. Let's just eliminate them there and then. Fuck you all. You fucking all collapse and we'll pull it into government control. 
There's, there's, there was plenty of argument at that point for the government to run banks. These are the indicators that capitalism is, uh, is failing and I think will be toppled and ha- have to be replaced by a new system because this is going to continue in perpetuity uh, forever and ever until, until the people do own, um, own their own economic system again. Yeah. It, it, that's the... Because, oh, I mean, the, the government run... It's, it's not the government that you want to run it. It's the people that you want to own the bank, right? It's like yeah. a, coll- it's a, coll- it's a collective group. If you were in a community of 100 people, it would be the idea that everyone comes together and helps a new family build a house. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the next time someone needs to build a house, the same thing happens again. The, the banks, everyone gets a mortgage. So then they go and say, well, the government doesn't want to get their hands dirty. So they get the bank to do the credit checks and make sure, you know, and take on that risk and they put a premium on. So, you know, we can be at 0%, but they still charge three Mm. for that cost of doing it. But look at the result, the outcome. Like everyone's got a mortgage. So I'm like, they're not doing any tests. Like some people get multiple mortgages, so maybe that's extra risk. But I'm saying to you, the long and the fucking short of it, if you earn an income, you're going to get lent money to buy a house. That's the general ethos of uh, society. So it's like, well, what tests are they actually doing? Because, yeah, they're going, oh, we do all these tests and credit checks. They get a hat, a pencil case, we mark it. But I'm like, every cunt has a mortgage. So I'm like, the, the outcome is guaranteed. So there's no risk check there, in a way. It's all just a complex and over, uh, it's a convoluted system um, that doesn't need to exist. They're just barriers being put in place. Like when, when, when did, when did renting start become the norm? Like what, what decade was renting the norm? Think about the idea if you, you banked with the government and then it's like, they already have your tax records and then they lend you at bank rate. So instead right now you're at 0% in the UK or wherever it is. So you pay nothing right now, Mm. but instead a little creep has weaseled in and said, Oh, I actually get 3%. What exactly for, you cunt? What exactly for, you fucking cunt? This was like the Rothschilds and the guys that set it up from the beginning. And it's like, you, well, you're not needed. Because if we don't trust the government, then we're totally fucked. Do you know what I mean? We know they're, they're incompetent and bureaucratic. I suppose in a way, like, do you know what? They, they reckon it, they do it more efficiently. Because the reality is at a government, you've got 500 Karens just spraying around with, you know, because of they, they don't really know what's going on. So they hope <laughs> that it's competitively administered by getting a corporation to do it. <laughs> well, so the that's the that idea. The, the government isn't supposed to be a separate entity. I think the, uh, the, uh, the separation of government from the people uh, like ties in with that, uh, with that Vietnam thing, right? Where before it was, we, we are the government. The government is is the people and representative of the people, but it's not it's not thought of as a as a separate entity who's doing good uh, or doing bad. It's 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 do, it, they're executing the will of the people, right? Like yeah. the instructions of the people, and, and then at some point that stopped being true completely. And now uh, the government's always uh, adverse uh, to whatever your thought is. The government's in the way, the government's doing something you don't want them to be doing and it's affecting you negatively. Or if they're doing something well, it's still, it's still them. It's never, it's never us, which it's supposed to be us. It's supposed to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Part, like a, a representative of us and you stand with the government and your country and everything else because you support what they're doing. Yeah, it's like a co-op. It's meant to be basically our communal funds for us. Yeah. But you see, you see them as an adversary. 
You, because you know what I mean? They're hiding behind bushes with speed guns and there's thousands of them just pulling in. Do you know, I was trying to work out um, on the police website of WA how many percentage-wise were traffic enforcement because I think it's as high as 80%. Yeah. And I'm like, it's basically, I know it's always the rev- revenue range, range, uh, raiser argument, but I was trying to investigate it. But they, they didn't disclose that number in their annual report. Like the, the, the breakdown of how many detectives and how many traffic. Because I, I, I wanted to see, I could see how many were employed yeah. and how much they earned. But I was like, how many of these cunts are on these motorbikes just chasing people for seatbelt fines? Because I'm like, it seems in Perth, it's the lion's share of the organisation. Well, they must, they must have a, uh, a report out there that... Uh, Dude, they didn't disclose the breakdown, yeah, which was that's crazy so weird. to they, me. They must have a report of like how many, what resources are allocated to what departments. Dude, I went through the whole annual report and they, they, they had so much detail and everything, but they wouldn't disclose that of the 8,000 police hired, 7,500 were traffic cops hiding behind bushes with speed guns. <laughs> I just wanted to see it. I could see that most of their, obviously their revenue comes from that. And that on average, if you look out, um, I think, fuck, I forget the number, but it was like every single person is uh, on average gets like a $400 a year. Do, do you know what I mean? It was very apparent that um, you know how you just get a speeding fine or demerit and you think, mm. oh, fucking unlucky. It's pervasive. Like everyone lapses every year. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no one that actually escapes. Uh, virtually no one escapes. Maybe people are getting multiple things, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's virtually impossible to adhere to the traffic rules over a year and not suddenly go, oh, fuck. Ah, 70 to 30. I didn't know. You'd sort of hit that. Oh, you, ha- you had your truck backed up so we couldn't see that. Ah, fair enough. Tonight on A Current Affair, do you know what your kids are doing right now? Do your kids dress like kids? Can they often be seen hanging around with other kids of a similar age? They might be in a gang. It's called Eshe, and it turns out your kids might be cunts. Well, and that's part of the adversity. It's, at what point did uh, these public services become revenue focused? Why, why, why would why would anyone want the police to be revenue focused? Why would anyone want healthcare to be like? Imagine if the fire service. I think that's the last one that isn't revenue focused. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. The other two can uh, can totally be revenue focused, and the fire service is completely reactionary. If there's a fire, or there's not a fire, or there's a cat in a tree, or someone needs to get cut out of a burning wreckage. Uh, or not they're the only ones where it's not like oh guys not enough fires this year we need to get out there with some cans of gasoline and start some because we are not making it because no one's paying it you're so right because they're they're the only ones that have stayed honorable what the fire department should be 80 percent of them should be doing uh commercial building checks to see if they've breached fire hazards do you know with steps have they got the right signs (laughs) yeah do you have extinguishers oh sorry mate expired a month ago four 
$40,000 fine for you, you cunt. And it should be like only 12 people on bikes going to get cats and put fires out. The lion's share of the resource should be doing raids on cafes to see if you have a fucking fire extinguisher and going, hey, mate, the grill's too close to the door. This is a $47,000 fine, you piece of shit. That's, that is true. That's how the fire department would be if it mirrored the police. You know why, though? Because people who get into the uh, fire department are uh, always like, oh, I'm a big tough bloke and I want to fucking save, like, I want to be a hero. That's it. It's, it's the last remaining true hero uh, complex uh, industry that you can get into. There's, there's, there's nothing additional to it. It's like, I go in, there's a fire, I pull some kids out, I save them, I wear a fucking, I've got a cool suit on, I drive a big fucking truck. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Sick. <laughs> so there's, so there's no, one, no one's ever gotten into the fire service thinking like, man, I reckon we could really start generating some profit if I got in here. You know what I mean? There's no, yeah, no yeah, pencil yeah. pushers getting into into the fire department. Dude, you know what's been amazing <laughs> to me is that they haven't, that we still, we run out with uh, hoses and spray it. And like, uh, and then uh, a plane drops about a liter of water onto the forest. That we don't just basically detonate a hydrogen bomb and just uh, wipe all the suck oxygen all from the, the air oxygen out, and just yeah. suck it and just immediately extinguish it. That we don't have any chemicals. It's basically fireman Sam because he wants to live his fantasy with a long pipe hose spraying like dribbles of water onto a fucking raging bushfire. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. we do little burn backs. And the truth is that the, what the Aboriginals did, which is the burn banks, is actually what we need to do, which is controlled fires, like, the whole time. Well, they still there should do be fires those, right? every few months. Do they still do those? They do. Yeah, but not fires. as prolific. I mean, this is like the COVID theory, right? Because they're like, oh, we love the rainforest. You get to have a walk. You get a break from the city. But basically what you should really do is every few months just rip through that shit with a fire and go like, nah. We're fucking burning half the national park under our control because, hey, surprise, surprise, it's happening anyway, dumb fuck. Every, it's much better that you don't just suddenly get a call on Christmas night. Oh, some cunts fucking lit it. It's much better to go in March. You've got 100 guys with pipes standing around and burn some of this shit off because we don't control the, the natural growth. The fire department should have, uh, have revenue generating arms uh, they like they should be selling. They should be selling merch. They should be pulling up. The, like the the tr- they've got the truck there already. They should be selling ice creams out the other side while people watch the fire. Like watch their neighbor's house burning down. Uh, they should be they should be manufacturing. Uh, like like their own range of uh boogie boards. <laughs> they should, yeah. it should. The fire department should really be capitalizing uh on their image and uh on the equipment that they that they already have. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. should call up the fire department and go, oh hey, um, uh, I need to move. I need to move house. And they go, no worries, we'll send a truck round. Eight of those cunts get out. They come in, pack everything up, put it in the fire truck, move it over to your new house because there's not a fire happening twenty four seven in your city. It's not. There's yeah. not always one going on. Uh, and they have. They've got. They've got the downtime there. And if they need to, the, the truck's there. They you fucking boost the truck over to the fire, put it out, and uh, hope that none of your uh, your your china gets damaged in the back while they're whipping around. It's actually made me realize the fire de- the fire department is the only honorable department because like if there's not a fire they're lying in that fire department upstairs playing cards and eating nachos where if if it had been like any other of the government organizations they would be out finding cunts 
Do you know what I mean? During that downtime. Yeah. Like they don't use any of their resources. They've just got the fire pole. They lie around uh, making posters of them in underwear. Do you know? A hero, true hero. <laughs> and then um, play cards until some dickhead leaves their gas on and burns the house. And then, do you know, they don't work for a week. But they should, they should actually cross over and make them hide in the bushes and do Man, speeding fines. Every fire station upstairs should be a a full bar, you know, like a nice, uh, someone's come in and they've like, they've, they've renovated and decorated and it's a sweet bar. They've got raves happening downstairs on the off nights. Dude, that's great. And you get drink, drink with a hero. And they're there in G strings. Like they're on the posters. And they're fucking serving too. That's great. And they, they, they dance and they're like, uh, cuffs and collars, you know, with, uh, like the, the bow tie on. And just a G-string and they serve you drinks and then they go, got to go, got a life to save, baby. <laughs> and then they run off and then, you, you know, it's like, oh, bar's shut. It's normally open though because there's not many fires. But, you know, they should be put to work. They should be doing like a call centre yeah. and go, fuck it. We outsorted, uh, while you're not working, you can work for NAB and do uh, customer queries. We fucking sublet you. And because they're already... Uh like the image of the fire department is already noble and honourable. Um, they're in a great position to leverage off their brand. Like it's the perfect, it's the perfect brand to do anything. You'd trust, you'd trust the fire department to do whatever. You know what I mean? Like if you if you went on Gumtree and you were scrolling through uh, like a, like a hire a Ute thing, looking for some yeah. guy to move your furniture, and then there was there was like. There was Trev, who's got a ute, and he's like, oh, yeah, mate, like me, me and my son come around, and we're, we're good blokes, we've been doing it for five years, and the next one was a fi- the fire department. You'd go, oh, they're probably, they're probably doing a pretty fucking good job. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know what I like as well is um, you've never seen, you know, the, the journalists always get the photo where they molten, they got ash all over their face, but it's always like there's no way a journalist took a risk, right? So that's... There's never a journalist actually in the van where there's fire raging. So they've always, that's them back at camp. Surely you'd think like the first thing you'd do is get all this shit off your face, but instead it's a media op where you, you, you know what I mean? You pose in the van and they've, you know there's 20 cameramen filming you. I would have thought that after fighting a fire all day, I'd get a water, have a shower and then deal with media inquiries. I'd be like, oh, you know what? I wouldn't mind having a, a boost juice and just a little lie down before you capture this photo that <laughs> makes me with, with the hose pipe looking like he's running for it. And you see in the background, there's a Bunnings, like it's nowhere near the fire. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. always get that fucking, it's so, the brave shot. I mean, they are brave, but I'm saying I like it. It's, it's like the Sam Kinison bit where they film the dying kid. And he's like, why don't you just feed them a sandwich? A, you, know, you know who could help that kid? The fucking cameraman filming it. Give him a sandwich. Do you know what I mean? This kid is dying. And they've got like a fucking vulture above it about to eat him. And no one goes, well, we'll fucking show off the vulture, you cunt. Just trying to get a photo op. I'm like, the kid's shit scared. That image of that uh, little African kid with the vulture over yeah. it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, you do understand a cameraman stood 10 metres behind and let a vulture that's three size, this dying kid, stand near it and look down at him? Like, you would have thought someone would shoo the ball. Well, we, have, we have talked about this one before. We have talked about this one before. He did get that photo and then he did help him, help him out and then he also did kill himself because of the horrors that he'd seen and witnessed and he didn't believe in humanity anymore. Even when you're down the, <laughs> down the park, you shoo off a pigeon, but th- this fucking suffering kid... 
And they're like, oh, let it get real close. Give me real shoot <laughs> yeah. photo, eh? Oh, look, yeah, the cameraman definitely let him sweat for a minute, you know? Like a minute Dude, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how scared that kid was? He hasn't eaten in 10 years. He's lying, his, balloon, his stomach's ballooned, and they lie him out in the desert on the sand, and a vulture, that's fucking three times, they let it get about a metre away before they shoot it. Do you know what I mean? For the <laughs> yeah. photo? Yeah. I'm like, that is so dark. It's so evil. Yeah, eat the vulture. Man, <laughs> that's, your, that's your move is you fucking shoot and eat the vulture. <laughs> the, that should have been the next photo in the series was the kid just pick <laughs> with a giant drumstick. Dude, that would be the move. And that's on a big uh, silver dinner tray and it's a roast vulture and it's him eating it. <laughs> that would be so good. But do you understand the depravity of humans because they want to capture that dark moment and they don't really care that the fireman has fought for 40 or 52 hours or whatever. He's just about died. Mm. And they're like, their boss is like, fucking no, no, you're not getting rehydrated. Get back in the van. Yeah. We got a bitch from Channel 7 that wants to get a photo of you. <laughs> a photo up. I'm like, it's so depraved how humans are. Like, there's no way you should see the fireman in that state because he should tend to that need, right? He yeah. should get his water and his food and have a fucking shower, the poor bastard. But he's doing media. <laughs> he's doing PR after fighting. He's watched his mate burn like a fucking candle in front of him. Mm. And then he's got to do media ops. I think uh, I think a great tie-in. I don't know why the fire department doesn't own like a wet and wild uh, water world, you know? It's a, it's oh, a dude, that is unbelievable. It's a, so it's a great profit turner. And it's also, it's water themed. <laughs> Dude, it's perfect. And you can have the fireman at the top of the slip and slide with his hose, like wetting, wetting the slide. <laughs> and the, the, the whole thing is fucking themed like a, like a fire truck. Everything's painted red. You climb up the ladder to get to the water slide. And the slide looks like uh, the fire hose, like a huge fire hose. You get to slide down it and shoot out at the end. And it's like, uh, like uh, around the pool, it's like all these fake flames. That'd be so so great, man. Dude, I love that. And you know what I think they, they should dress like? Because they should, when they're doing like getting cats or um, basic stuff, like a small lounge is on fire, they should dress in collar and cuffs like the strippers. And then, you know, like girls can be like, woo! And then uh, shove dollar notes down their pants <laughs> to raise money for the government. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you got a guy half naked buff climbing your tree and then when he comes down half the neighborhood girls shove pennies into his g-string <laughs> and he gets back <laughs> in the van and he gets to live his fantasy which is to most of them um just know that you get to bang a lot of chicks if you're a fireman oh yeah it's the yeah. only job where like you're you're financially unstable but <laughs> girls will still go with it because they know like <laughs> yeah. you'll make them proud at picnics they'll be like yeah hero. sam didn't sam didn't want money he, he, he had a more noble cause and it almost outplays the card of a lawyer because you're like, oh, he must do, he's a Buddhist or something. He, he actually just committed to humanity. Fuck, I love Sam. Even though they leave on a bus with their kids, but she can sort of mix it with the Peppy Grove crew because it's like, oh, he's noble. He's noble. He's the fucking monk on the top of the hill. Yeah. He, he lives life for other people. So then even your, your, your Jewish stockbroker is a bit thwarted because he's got his Porsche and he sort of has to park it down the road because he hasn't done anything worthwhile for anyone. <laughs> just gambling. I think the, uh, uh, the, the natural progression 
uh, if you look to the model of surf lifesaving clubs, where every single one of them has basically an RSL on top of it with pokies, that's the that's sort of the that's the direction that the, I'm surprised the fire department hasn't headed towards. You know, because yeah. they're also reactionary. Um, uh, and I don't I don't think I don't think uh, lifesavers like they they're up there, but they're not even close to approaching firemen in terms of. Um, uh, 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 perception like the optics on them uh, the people are like oh yeah good job mate that's great that's so great to see you're out there saving people on the beach but firemen's like that's the i don't think you get any any higher than that what you could you, sh- you they should definitely be leveraging off of that and and, and running bars and strip clubs but man the pole the strip club that's per i think oh, i reckon mate. we privatize and it's it's an extra high pole and they can slide down swinging Doing like stripper moves. Every time you drive past a, a fire department, you're just hearing House of the Rising Sun. Yeah, fucking yeah. Blaring out the door. <laughs> <laughs> but man, privatize the fire department. That's that's a great move. Or create like you, uh, yeah, you create a commercial arm of it. So you've still got your core business, but is being propped up. Dude, how can you believe like in the US that the medical system's private? So you got someone coming <sighs> in, and you're like, get out. And instead of like, help me, help me, I cut my dick off. And they're like, get out. You're like, show me your fucking private health. Well, it's shocking to me that like, even down in New South Wales, if you call an ambulance, it's like an $800 fucking trip, man. Dude, I had that in my, I had it at 21st because I lined up all these wine drinks and it was like, <laughs> oh, you're not going to drink them? Well, I went, I'll drink it. I made a speech and then about an hour later, I remember someone like, I was lying in the bushes, <laughs> unable to move, and then I, I left the party in, a ho- in an ambulance. And my parents were so angry because I, um, they, they said I, I was uh, ang- fighting, fighting in the hospital because I thought I was still at the party and people were trying to take my pants off because they were trying to put me in that nighty. I was swinging. And then when I left, when my parents were like, you're disgusting. And when I left the hospital, the final moment as I went through those rotatory doors is I threw up and they just yelled, don't worry, just leave it, just go. And it was... <laughs> just get the fuck out. But you know what the thing was? It was like, because I had alcohol poisoning. It was, uh, I think mine back then, it was five or $600, which was basically my, the money I was going to buy a car with. Like that's <laughs> enough to get a car at that age. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, oh, shit. You fucking cunts. And I rang all my mates after. I'm like, what did you do, you fucking dickheads? That ambulance was 600 bucks. That's my, that's my life savings, you fuckhead. I'm like, just fucking roll me into the dirt and let me die. Like, now you've wrecked my life. I can't get that here. I can't get that Toyota Corolla with the, the, the red door. It's free in Queensland, baby. You want to go to the movies? Call them up. Like, it's, it's, it's a fucking free taxi. I, Is it? Yeah, man, free. Uh, New South Wales, it's not, and uh, Perth apparently. That's uh, that's shocking to me. Like, dude, how good's that? You you have a couple too many chalk bombs at the movies, so you <laughs> ring up and leave in, a, in an ambulance in a bed, <laughs> and then they 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 gurney and stretch you into your actual bed, and you're like, night night, and you go, hey, could you pop the fan on before you leave? <laughs> and they go like. Fuck you, Josh. This is the eighth time you've you've blown out and chock bomb, you fucking pig. Man, that'd be so beautiful, dude. You just gorge yourself. They they fucking pump your stomach for you and then take you home, tuck you dude, in. Dude, I had this I've done that with a taxi driver. I think I've said it on this where like a, a guy got too drunk and then he wouldn't take him and I said, He's got diabetes, he's having a 
He's ap, ap, uh, shock. You know what I mean? No, I forget he's, what the word is. He's Acal- to, uh, what is that thing? Uh, hypo- Apoplectic shock or some shit. Like hypo, is it hypoglyce- hypoglycemia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 but he was basically in the bar doing Nazi salutes because he was a wankhead. <laughs> I carried him out. He was throwing up. And then he goes, this guy's too drunk. He's not getting in the cab. And I'm going, you shut your mouth. He's a fucking diabetic. He needs to get back and get his insulin. And then he put him in. And the guy's yelling, like, we're on the boat. You know what I mean? By, by converting it, he, he put him in. And then the, I think the guy got home and he, he reckons he woke up on his lawn with the alarm going off. Like he tried to force his way into his house. He was lying out the front of his house. And he goes, how'd I get home? And I was like, mate, I got you home. I fucking, I threw you in and gave you a dress. I, I hoped it was right. And then paid it and got you fucking to your lawn. You're a good bloke, man. Mate, I, dude, I've given up drinking now, man. I was going to... That was the next thing I wanted to get onto is how's the... Uh, you're on a good health kick, man. Are you, you still smoking? Mate, I'm I'm out. I'm out on everything. Really? Well, you know what the thing is? I thought, you know, I've had a horrific... If it's, if it's not schedule eight, you're not doing it. That's good, man. Raise your standards. <laughs> I had a horrific Christmas. I'm not enjoying life. So I thought, oh, you might as well make some changes. Lose... You know, you can control what you can control. Had that shit fucking outcome... In September and, you know, the least you can do is like, okay, well, that'll be, I gave up booze because of that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like whenever something bad happens to your life, your move should be like to make like a, a life change and go, okay, well, I don't, I'll try not to drink alcohol again. Because I've had too many issues, man. That's that's a standard thing. Like you go through the breakup and uh, uh, the girl gets a haircut and the guy's like, I'm going to the fucking gym. I'm back on. I'm going back to the gym. There are people that do that before they break up. Do you know what I mean? They're already broken up, but they're like, oh, I just need to like trim up the car, yeah, yeah get yeah. ready to hit the clubs. They prepare, so, yeah. So they stay sharing that rent for six months <laughs> and suddenly the girl falls back in love with them, but they're out. They're just doing uh, fine tuning, ready to launch into the market. Hey, And there's a big rebrand. They've lost 20 kilos, spray tan, looking yeah, great. Yeah. She's like, oh, and then it's like so harsh because she suddenly falls back in love with you because you turn your life around. But... Because you're a narcissist, you're like, fuck, I'm going back to see what else. Now that I've upgraded, what sort of trade-in I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, you always get the car cleaned before you uh, put it on Gumtree. I've seen other people, like comics, that things have fallen away and then they get trapped in their trauma and they make their life worse, which I think is what happened to me after that Nedland shit. And it's like, what you really need to do is just do tiny things to change. Do you know what I mean? And just go, mm. okay, uh, how good will it be not to drink? Because I know all the comics use it as leverage on me. They're, every time I'm drunk, I, I know their WhatsApp and their people sending it to the booker. And you see, he's unreliable. He's fucking, don't book him. Even though I've got tripe, mediocre fucking material, don't book him because on, on Sunday, he fucking lay in a park drunk. But, like, he did all right on Friday, Saturday gigs. But they're like, how could you trust that? Trust me with my shit about tea cozies, my tepid banter. Because you know what? On Sunday, I went for a run. I, I, bombed, on sa- I, I bombed on Friday and Saturday. But I was, I was there, wasn't I? And this cunt was fucking blackout drunk. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah, the move. Yeah. yeah. To, to try uh, weasel your way in. Because that purse becomes so bitchy now, man, this scene. There's so much, like niving of people in what way well just bitchiness and like backstabbing and talking about do you know what i mean especially around fringe 
I don't know. Like it's been, um, it's so toxic on uh, the Perth wall. People just like ripping in, people hunting for fights, sound techs <laughs> fighting with MCs, people going crazy, man. And just going, who do you think you are? And uh, you know what I think it is? The realisation that their dream is never going to happen. So everyone lashes out. Because I think when festival hits and you think, this was the year, man. This is the year I get on the project. And I think like three weeks in, where you realise that you're going to have to go back to accounting, uh, you lash out at some cunt on the street. Yeah. You lash out at your MC. You go, shut up, you fucking, fucking dumb cunt. I'm going back to fucking accounting now. Ah! And you're like, you're a shit comic anyway, you fucking loser. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think the reality check, every festival's a reality check where you realise you're delusional, you have bipolar, you actually are not good on stage. Do you know what I mean? I think the pe- the penny drops. And you've got this added layer of like festivals are shutting down the venue cap. Like, like all these all these wonderful dreams that you had for uh, for 2020 and 2021 are just being dashed in front of your eyes and it all starts to seem so uh, so fruitless and like there's never going to be uh, any any chance for you to 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 break. Dude, your big break just disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that would drive people nuts. But, dude, man, that, that's the, the saddest part of comedy because if you look at in Australia, there's only 20 famous people doing stand-up, yeah. which means that every single person I know is going to have their heart broken. <laughs> they just don't know when. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you talk to them and you've got tears in your eyes because you're like, oh, man, one day the day of reckoning will hit you. <laughs> Where you have to go and get a forklift uh, certificate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's going to happen to all of us. It's basically we've all got a gun at the back of our heads, but we're all degenerate gamblers playing like, I could be hell here. Man, I be hell here. It's deer hunter except you have to keep playing. And there's, there's, there's six, there's six, <laughs> six cha- rounds in the chamber. <laughs> You're all going to have a go, but there's a, it's a circle. <laughs> the longer you leave your exit, the more destitute you end up. So if you can make it to 50 then you're basically going to be living in council flats and be <laughs> fucked. So it's like the longer you, you take to jump off the plane and accept reality that, yeah. um, you know, like the, the, the bimbo that was going to be, I'm going to be a fashion model. I'm going to set, set up my own magazine. Do you know, like the longer you wait to wake up to the fact that you should just go and get your super paid and get a job, the worse it works out for you. Yeah, yeah. How's the uh, how's the weight loss and the no drinking and everything? How's that affecting your outlook, dude? I'm I'm so depressed because of that miso thing, man. It still upsets me every day. Yeah, because that was my um, that REM cell move was the the big boon moment, and then it probably will come off in the next few years. But it's just like I had positioned for that for years, so I'm really sort of like. Just it eats away at me, man, the whole time. Because it's so hard to position myself to get a run on on that. And then the the fact that it just faltered is just devastating, man. Is there no uh is there no positive change from it? Like are you the No man. <laughs> I mean that makes it more impressive in some ways, to be honest, that you're able to stick with it instead of going the other direction. I've lost weight and I've um quit drinking so that I feel like, oh, at least I got something out of that fucking Will people shit fuck show? you now at least? Is that working? What? Will people fuck you now at least? Nah, man. I, I, I'm not interested in that. I'm like <laughs> sick of it. I hate people. I yeah. just don't want to look at someone like 
face that close. Power, lust, freedom. The new eau de toilette from Dolce and Gobjobana. Guest sex for men. I was talking to I was talking to about uh, a friend of his who had, uh, who, who had prostate cancer, um, and they uh, part of the treatment was giving him injections that is this, the same thing that you use to chemically castrate somebody, and it completely removes your sex drive. And I was like, yeah. oh man, that sounds like the dream, you know, like never having to that that having that part leave your brain you have so much more time yeah but dude think about it you would you would never achieve anything because almost everything you do is to procreate so it's like oh i'll get a good job get the porsche work hard most of the fantasy is um security and then also procreation like the big thing being the big dick is the fact that you know you're attractive if you didn't actually yeah. have that desire you'd be like well why don't i just get like a council flat live in a sleeping bag, like no one's coming around. I don't have to impress anyone. I'll just live on wheat picks in a uh, metal tin. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like most of your aspirations are to build your own ego, to impress people. Although the, the procreation thing, I was talking to Shane about this the other night. I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a core part of like my nihilistic outlook is I don't have any drive to procreate. Uh, that's not a that's not a factor for me at all. So the idea of uh, ridding myself of this almost irritating desire that takes uh, uh, that takes a lot of mental energy or or just yeah just just time out of my life sounds sounds amazing. You know? Yeah, 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 man. It would it it would actually be good. Hey, I'm probably at that stage. I just don't care. Yeah. Because you got like you can just go on Pornhub and it's better. Because then you don't have any issues. You don't have any fights. <laughs> You don't have any <laughs> nagging and it's like you can just uh, flip to whatever fantasy or desire you want and you mm. don't have to explain it and go, hey, can we have a meeting? I've got to talk about something I'd like to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you yeah. Know, I want to convince you? It's just like, nah, I'm just doing that. Nah, I flip to that now. You never have the moment where she walks into the bathroom and she's going, why are you shaving your ass? And you're going, well, I was going to spring this on you later, but your mouth. <laughs> your mouth is going up there. Yeah, man. And, and, and then the thing is... Um, it, for me, every relationship's a trap, dude, because I, I, no one's as good as they are when you first meet them. That's the reality of a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're never as good as you first meet them because they, it's always a lie. It's their game face. It's their interview. The interview. Yeah, I work hard. Are you excited for the job? Can't wait. And they go, you're going to have to do some long hours. <laughs> oh, not long enough for me, baby. But you're lying and they know you're lying. Do you know what I mean? But uh, for that first date, you're like, yeah, I love fucking netball. <laughs> love it. I love netball. Hey, oh, it's so smart and it's so good what they've been doing, getting on TV, getting it. You know, that's going to be the next AFL, man. They love it. A friend of mine, uh, her, her group of friends are recently trying to talk her into joining like a social, like mixed netball thing. Um, and she went along to one game because uh, what had, what had happened is that all of the all of the girls on the team had pulled out for that night like they couldn't make it so it's just a bunch of blokes there playing mixed social netball and i was like man imagine that is the exact opposite reason that you would go out and play uh social netball as a dude on a wednesday night yeah dude you can, you <laughs> just can, just can tell the it's voice. <laughs> it's always a strategy to pick up because there's mm. no like male netball leagues and they always i love it love netball 
I'm like, well, why is there no male league? Like, the game's so enchanting to you. Why is it only when there's three girls there that you can try, like, flirt with in the break? Yeah, like, why is that yeah. the only time you do it? Why aren't guys going like, hey, you know what, boys? Put down that fucking chair and put down the footy. Bit of netball. <laughs> Bit of netball, boys. I reckon it's the equivalent to going to, like, a Latin dance night and you show up and it's all all blokes looking around confused. Like, they thought, yeah, oh, what the fuck is going on? Dude, the Latin dance is always, like, a pickup place. But it's generally people in their 50s that are trying to stay active. And they're like, we're fun. And it's it's mainly done to chat and go like, yeah, we're living our life. We do bridge on thing. We're doing Latin dance, Latin dance. I don't think anyone under 50 shows up to any kind of Latin dancing without without a partner. You know what I mean? Like it's a they're, they're going they're going as a duo. They're like we we are going to dance. If you're under fifty and going to pick up, I think very very sorely disappointed. Dude, one of the sickest things I've seen is that at a wedding where you see like a divorcee second relationship couple doing their train like they've done six months of that shit and they're on the dance floor and you see one two three one two three and it fucking makes me so angry do you know what i mean like doing their latin dance that they've been doing for six months and you see them spin and they're like they both fuck their lives up and then they're going we love our latin dance we love it and then they're, they're hoping people will watch and they don't realize someone like me is watching with absolute anger Wanting to punch someone. And they're having to try to force it into like Jamiroquai playing because no one's listening to salsa oh. music. And, and then, like, and then the, the rhythm's off. They're going way faster or way slower than they should be trying to make it work. The thing that annoys me the most is watching other people watching them loving it and going, oh, they're so young at heart. Look at them. Yeah, love. It's like the young lovers. And I'm fuming, pushing a fork into my hand, just going, I hate this. I hate this idea. And they're like, look at them. Oh, love. You know, they found their second life and they're doing such great stuff. They got the paddleboard and they're doing Latino dance or whatever the fuck it is. And they're doing uh, break dancing. And he's, you know, they do the crosswords in the morning and then the walk. It's sort of that Kath and Kim, you know, mm. that power walk vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're so active. And this is the fun thing of retirement, man, because like, they just fill it with shit hobbies. It's not actually that enviable. Do you know? They suddenly go, oh, I've always wanted to try golf. I'm like, you haven't really, have you? Because you're 70 and you had 70 years and you never bothered. So you're obviously just filling time before you die, you dickhead. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we started salsa dancing. And I just, I've always wanted to. And you, like, you never found a weekend, man. Like you have never had a night off. You never had a period in your life where you had Wednesdays free to do this, and now it's it's you you're in love with it, and it's something that you've always wanted to do. Like, what what was this great fucking revelation? I love that sort of last minute grab at life. Like people could have lived like that their whole life, mm. but they come out of the institution that is work, and then they snatch for the last ten years live in the way that you should have in your twenties. The yeah. stuff that gets berated. Don't be like that. Fucking settle down, do a thing. But the truth is, even the old granny eventually realizes, ah, oh, fucked up. Should have just been wild and just lived with my fucking, you know, like lived on the edge of life forever. Yeah, your your parents living uh, into their eighties or nineties and not giving you your inheritance uh, uh, as early as possible is is criminal <laughs> if you really cared about your child you would uh you would be propping them up to have the greatest time at the peak of their life and then they can fuck it all up later when you're gone you know yeah yeah oh man i don't know 
Fuck. <laughs> Dude, I'm not feeling... I can't do too long one today. <laughs> I don't fun. feel good. We're getting to, we're getting to uh, GMA. That has been, man, that so, so good. And also, uh, I think very enlightening for me as the... Um, the the waterfall the to- the torrent streaming of of questions uh regarding the most basic shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that i was I, like, just these shocking messages from people going like wow this is crazy and you're going yeah it is crazy man it's crazy to see um sort of this like multi-level corruption like exposed in this way and they're going yeah so what it, what is a short yeah i know like, man oh, like <laughs> dude how good was it though because they, they did it with impunity because they knew that they never would have to hold be held to account so it didn't really matter what they shorted unless do you know what i mean if it was illiquid they were doing it but it's just such a good outcome that they realise that they can uh, bankrupt their entire hedge fund. Yeah, fallible. If a c- cunt would flick on it. Yeah. And it tied into what I was saying earlier on, right? Which was if I ever got a billion dollars and I saw shorts, mm. I would just buy out the company. So then in a scenario where you had 140% shorted, they're totally fucked. They have 40% that they can't even uh, get back. They can never find they can never fucking find it. Dude, they've got to come to me. So say you had 140% and Elon Musk bought it out, you would then say to them, um, well, you have to buy back the stock, right? 40% doesn't even exist. Um, you're fucked. Well, is that, is that counterfeit stock? Like, where, where is... Like, no, they, 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 because they're printing shit they don't own. Dude, they went to a scenario where they had, they had fabricated stock effectively. Because, you know, stock that didn't exist was being sold. You've got a standard short, right, where you, uh, you well, I guess, what, what are the different mechanisms for shorting? The basics of it are you, you take something like a, like wank battery and you think, okay, this is fucking stupid. Wank battery is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, borrow some, you borrow one of the wank batteries that's worth a dollar and you, you, give it, you sell it to someone for a dollar. Um, uh, hoping that at some point you'll be able to buy another wank battery to give back to the guy you borrowed from for 80 cents. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, effectively. So you you sell something you don't own and then you mm-hmm. buy it back in the fall later on to close out the position. That's the idea. So then obviously with these fucking dumb shits, like because it ran away, it's many multiples of losses. Do yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, Because yeah. it goes over 100%, 200%, 300 and suddenly like... They only borrowed one stock, but they owe 80. They owe 80 units equivalent. But which shouldn't be possible. So like, I know you've got this, like that's a, that's a standard short. Like you literally borrow the asset so you can sell it to someone and pay it back later. Or you buy it back. You buy it back later. Or buy it from someone else or whatever. It's, a, it's an open market. You just have to yeah. deliver on, um, on returning the asset you borrowed to the person you borrowed it from. But how, how do you get to the point where over 100% of the stock is, is shorted? Like, what what, if, what what mechanism are they using to create these like counterfeit stocks that don't exist? Well, man, I I actually have to uh, to make that other forty percent. I synthetic. I I don't know a hundred percent because I haven't even read up on all this shit. Right? Because I'm saying it's got to like, be, gotta be through like margin borrowing and like derivatives, right? But dude, the thing is, what, what, it doesn't matter because the volumes, the free traded volumes in there, right? Do you know what I mean? So it's like. Um, you get a, 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 ter- a volume turnover of 100 mil for the day. Do you know what I mean? It, it, never, it never gets reconciled. Do you know what I'm saying? You're talking as if it reconciles at the end of the day and they net it off and have basically you just have throughput. 
So they could be buying off their own. They could be shorting their own short, or you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Which, but but which is which is it. It should at some point reconcile. Like it's it, the uh, I think. The, yeah, but this is this was what they bank on, and this is what I always. This is what I was theorizing with you. All these Reddit dickheads have done is run it up and potentially put strain on the cash flow and force them to close it out because. People, the people that lent them the stock will be like, "Oi, fucking pay back, dude! You're fucking five billion under." That's exactly what happened. So, I mean, like, you you can look at successful applications of this shorting strategy. Um, to like, like, like Blockbuster, right? That's that's gone under, dude. And this is, but this is what I was saying to you. Like, the reconciliation that happened with Reddit, they managed to blip it up for a period. But the best strategy was to be a big player and hostile take over the stock and close it because at that point you rule off the ledger. And you basically bankrupt the hedge fund. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. was always what I said on the theory, right? I was like, any short, if you if you actually like that company and you want to take it private, you can effectively decimate hedge funds. And the thing is, they've never been held to account. But now they've realized this 20, 30% that they're chasing shorting or 40% actually runs the risk of liquidating their entire business. Mm. So they finally got, they finally got on the roulette wheel, house wins. They've never had that before. They <laughs> yeah, always were yeah. gambling. Oh, we're down 20, up 30. But now they get to hold to account like everyone else. And there's actually a position where your hedge fund doesn't exist anymore, you can't for 30% uh, short position or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like we yeah. will wipe you out, fuckhead. We'll take out Miso Blast at $10 and you're fully <laughs> shorted at $2. It's a five bag up. And you have to buy back in. So you had a billion dollars. You had, you had 200 mil shorted. You now owe $1.2 billion to close this out, you fuckhead. And that happened overnight. And your, your hedge fund's worth $3 billion, And you realize at that point, deposit holders have lost 50% of their money. And they all pull <laughs> funds. And you go under. And you yep. go from having a Lamborghini to basically being at Centrelink. And now that they're aware of this... Their shorting games changed, hey, forever. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, so the, and so what happened with GameStop is uh, the sell sentiment and the negative sentiment on this uh, company, which is still generating profit and and turning over, and, and uh, you know they have good quarters and bad quarters. Um, but because the sentiment on it was so so negative, they continued to short it down into the absolute fucking dirt. Where suddenly it's like, uh, it was, I think it was four dollars, four dollars a share. If you if you look at the books of GameStop, like, uh, what what's the standard? It's like you take you take like two uh, a year of revenue, and then you like you multiply it out um, to figure out like sort of where like, what a company's value should or could be. Um, like to be simplistic, mm. where yeah, where where it could or should be, and what they'd effectively done is uh through the through the short position and where the where the share price was at, it was like GameStop was. Uh, valued per their revenue, like so, so low, like impossibly low, like a quarter of what other brick and mortar stores are valued mm. at for the amount of turnover that they're doing and the amount of profit that they're generating. Um, like if you were to sell the company, you'd say like, look, it's fuck, we're generating this many billion a year. So it must be worth this many billion to buy. And they're going, nah, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's worth a $20 bill. Dude, I, and this it. is what I love because it was like what I said in early episodes. It's like if you went to a fruit market stall and you sold th theoretic theoretical fruit for zero. Yeah. And then you said, well, Jim's fucking ab apricots wasn't a good enough business to endure the cash flow. But then what's been so funny about this shit is 
Well, your hedge fund wasn't good enough to endure the cash flow <laughs> yeah. because we ran it up the re- reverse. And if your hedge fund was so fucking robust, you wouldn't have gone under in under fucking 10 days, you can't. So I'm like, <laughs> we've just, it's efficient market and they're all crying f- unfair. And I'm like, it's just the reverse of exactly what you did. And the reality is if you were po- properly diversified and you had your cash flow in order, that shouldn't have brought your hedge fund down. But the fact is you were overexposed and overcommitted mm. and we came in and did the exact opposite, which was, you know, like you selling fruit for zero for six months, so Alfonso's apricots go under. <laughs> they, they said, well, what happens if GameStop price uh, apricots go to $300? Do you know what I mean? And you've promised to sell them at a zero. Oh, you're fucked. You're <laughs> fucked now, aren't you, cunt? Because you've sold all your, your thousand ones for a zero and now they're worth $3,000 an apricot right up to the point where you have to reconcile your ledger. And when that happens, you now owe $300 million on apricots <laughs> to cover your costs. And that's basically what happened. They never, ever had the reconciling moment mm. and Reddit achieved it. And it was the same theory I had said with the takeover move, which I always loved, which was like, you can always get a discounted, you just look for Bellamy's or whatever, some of these old stocks that were shorted. You go in hostile takeover, take it private and wipe out the hedge fund every fucking time. And it's just like taking candy from baby. And shorts have been unattacked for six, seven years. They just entered the market. I, I don't know when they came in in Australia, maybe seven years ago. Like it's a new thing, right? Mm. And it's totally illegal. The, the concept, they go, well, it's efficient market, but the concept that a superannuation fund can invest you in mesoblast and then lend that stock out to someone else to sell it against the, the sentiment of what you're trying to achieve, which is yeah. like 10, 20% growth, and then say that that's ethical is insane to me. It's uh, like a perversion of these fucking Wall Street cunts trying to make more money. Mm. Like the idea, the way they, the idea of whoever came up with this it was a scoundrel. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, of course, man. Because it, it used to be that a stock would go, uh, if people liked it, it would, it would go up. And if they didn't like it, well, people might sell and the price would go down. Dude, so it was a fair reflection. It, well, yeah, and you know reflection. what, if you, you wanted never to had sell. People, you never had people coming in with billions of dollars trying to bankrupt a company or disrupt. Dude, and think about it. Because if you wanted to sell back in the day, at some point you had to like it because you had to have bought it. Yeah. Now... You can just go, I don't like that guy and just stab him in the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, never have to, you never had to have the buy sentiment. To, to actually have an impact on the down, you had to have a chip in the game. So you would have had to previously increase the buying pressure. So you know what I mean? Now you can just ra- raid stocks. It, it, it is actually what fucked me up during that trading period with Miso, right? Mm. When I, was, I had that first run up and then for th- three to four months... I was ravaged by shorts. They did about eight short attacks where they would hit in a day and just tank at 15%. Mm-hmm. And because I had a margin, it had huge impact and bearing on my money. Mm. And it was like, I basically got fucked over by margins, mm. uh, by, by shorting and margins, the whole time. But yeah, but yeah, shorting, of, of course. So, and so they, they run GameStop into the ground and they get it down to four, four bucks a share. Um, and uh, the where where Reddit comes in because it, was, it wasn't it wasn't obviously just Reddit who had figured this out. Uh, Michael Michael Burry, the Big Short guy, the Christian yeah. Bale character from the Big Short, like the autistic drummer guy. Uh, he 
he also was long on GameStop ages ago because he had looked at the books and gone, wow, this is shorted to 140%. At some point, this is going to fucking, this is going to break. Like, yeah, it's either either the company goes completely bankrupt, which is what the uh, these institutional investors are, uh, uh, are hedging on, is that it's going to be driven into the fucking dirt and they're going to have to close their doors. Um, or at some point, someone's going to figure out what's going on and it's yeah. going to turn around. And, and you know, the guy, the, the guy who figured it out, they reckon was sophisticated. Like it wasn't just some schmo on Reddit. Like it was someone linked with the hedge fund or in finance. Like it was a, but you know what I love the most is they achieve their purpose, right? Because cash flows everything in a business. So when you short something 140% and the stock's trading at fuck knows, I don't know what it was because I haven't read up on it, but like, um, it was, you it know, was you four had, bucks at its lowest. Yeah, yeah. So you have four bucks. Then you, the only opportunity is to raise capital, but you've mm. fallen so drastically that no, no one will pony up money to save the business. So it's almost a self-fulfilling. On paper, it looks terrible. Dude, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because, you know, you take a stock from a dollar to one cent and then you've got to go try the equity market and go, hey, we need to raise 50 to save this business. Yeah. And people are like, fuck off. This is, you know, your cash flow's <laughs> fucked. You're, you know, the, the, the share price is wankered. I'm not touching the stick. And then you basically, you miss that payment and they achieve their goal. Do you know what I mean? Because the thing is, no company can endure a cash flow attack. The irony is even Fortescue Metals, do you know what I mean? During the period when iron ore was down and uh, they had their debt repayments, they almost went under, even though it's now killing it. But for that brief year and a bit, they had to fucking hustle to sort out note holders and whatnot. And it was purely just a cash flow. Like there are a lot of businesses that lie on the scrap heap for just not managing cash flow better. Do you know what I mean? Like you just have a six month lull mm. on a business and if you can't endure it, but shorts bring that forward and actually really push you to the, the brink. But fuck man, you know, the thing where I was thinking of the, the short mm. was Bernie Madoff who basically, uh, do you know how he did the Ponzi scheme? It, he had all this money tied up in the Ponzi. But what I've realized, and it's like all people that steal and gamble, is he could have he actually exited the scheme. Because when, when he was like seven years in, and obviously the GFC hit, if he had taken all the funds that he had amassed and put it in a short position... Uh, you know what I mean? Because he built forward. He if he yeah, had, he would have covered if, himself. If he, if he had managed this downside risk and thought, okay, well, look, we're at a position where I can't keep making money because the market's grown so big. So let me reverse the, the engine and uh, I can unstitch the lie because I've been stealing money to pay someone else. And he goes, I'll take, I'll take my 100 billion right now and I, I'll bank <laughs> to exit this scheme and not go to jail. I'll bank in the next two years that we get a GFC or a collapse, a stock market collapse, and I'll go all in on a, on a massive short position on the market. <laughs> and then he would have actually, the, the GFC would have hit. It would have, it's rather having calls, people would be up five times their money and they would have gone, the guy was a fucking genius. Like they, <laughs> the fact he'd been borrowing money and stealing the whole time to build it up. Mm. If, he had, if, he had ex, if he had considered the reverse strategy and put a short on the tail, he could have um, actually come out of that uh, a hero and hidden all the crimes that he had committed during the entire time. Which would have been an amazing move. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> but like the, the problem was his greed got caught and he kept trying to make more and more money. His own hubris. But dude, think about it because what he thought is the market's growing and he kept getting more investors and he was paying more and more people. But 
that this, the the position that you never know is um, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. He <laughs> yeah. actually had he had an exit strategy to cover his crime, which was a short, a big short with the entire fund, and then hold it for two years. GFC hits, you're up ten times. People cash out. They put a hundred grand in. It's worth a million dollars. They don't realize that the entire thing was a scam. There was just one final move that cleared it. It is difficult to switch sentiment while you're trading, though. Like if you're if you're bullish on something, uh, and then it hits a peak. Uh, I think like with uh, crypto's volatility, that's a it's like a, a hyper magnified example of this, right? Like if you're if you're bullish and you see something run up, well, you're bullish, so you think, oh man, this is the fucking. But we're going. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going for for broke. This is this is it. This is where it goes from. This is where it goes from a thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars, and then it, it gets up to fifteen hundred, and you're like, here we go, boys. And when it crashes, you're surprised, and it's very fucking difficult to flip your mindset and go. It, it's probably going to crash now, and it'd be safe to. It would be safer to to uh, to to flip and and oppose myself. Yeah, because that's what you got to do. You got to oppose yourself. Dude, the thing, that's the, the, the gambler's impulse because, like, at the moment it's all buy sentiment on crypto. But um, you no, can you imagine, like, because it will reverse, but uh, I, can't, I, I don't speak to anyone that contemplates that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. uh, they've, they're all in the fallacy of, like, the never-ending rocket ship to the moon. And the reality is even if it's fucking Jesus' semen, eventually no one wants it in their mouth. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Like, no matter how fucking good this idea is, there's a, there's a ceiling, right? They're like, well, this is the future and you can buy houses on this and you can do that. And I'm like, yeah, we're still on a finite planet, cunt. So there is a, there's an upper limit to what this is worth with our current population. So I'm like, yeah, it's going to shoot to the moon, 100,000, 1 billion, 1 trillion. I'm like, yeah, you're now talking numbers bigger than uh, the entire demand of the, the, the world economy. Do you know what I mean? You're now talking about speculative figures where the world population's quadrupled and then all using cryptocurrency and everyone loves it. But you know what I mean? You start to get your head in the clouds. The reality is... There's competition and and who knows what's going with that, even on a broad scale, what's going to happen with the world population. We probably get decimated 50% at some point in the next few hundred years. Mm. Like surely there's no way it can stay on this growth. It's the same for human population, right? We just think we're going to keep going up. We're going to get ripped 30 to 40% at some point, like any correction. Well, there has, there has to be because it, even like, like even water is a finite resource, you know. Dude, what I mean? But think about it because our chart of humanity, we think it's like Bitcoin, like we're just going to keep going. COVID's hit, which is probably the, the weakest virus. It's just like, um, what, what a cough, and then you die, and it only affects really old people. I'm like, eventually, there's going to be like diarrhea that you die and your ass explodes, and it'll be like. It fucking it 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 it, it, it trans it transmits within thirteen seconds of getting it, and yeah. you just basically someone will fucking eat some dirty pig out in uh, Botswana or some shit, and then it will be like you've got um, a stomach infection and you shit out your guts, and uh, basically it takes one hour to incubate, and you basically shit out your entire stomach and die, and it takes thirteen seconds to be transmitted to anyone within a kil- kilometer radius. Yeah, and then we'll yeah. see how lockdowns work. <laughs> and you, you'll basically be stepping over corpses in the next few hundred years of like shit stained bodies. 
mm. that have just been basically. Imagine if, man, if COVID had been like uh, a stomach bug. That would have been so worse. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're so lucky that it was just a cough. Imagine if it was vomiting and diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, and it's just ev- everywhere, just uh, just shit. <laughs> but, you know, this is what I love because people just are comfortable in the idea, like I was saying, so naively just addressing COVID, but there's so many other viruses that we could fix with these lockdown approach and the thought that they just think, oh, well, it's just been a bit of bad luck last year that COVID came. The thought that you don't think nature's manifesting more of this... <laughs> Is crazy to me. <laughs> this is the first of this is a joke version of what will come at some point. Some point we'll get ripped and decimated. This is the Forty to fifty percent of the population will be wiped out in a year. This is the tester. This is the uh, fucking buckle up, guys. Like, you know what I mean, this is the first. This is the pace lap. It's the pace lap. You're on the track. You got the pace car out in front, and everyone's sitting there and like, oh, you get a feel for it. Everyone's doing it, but warming up the engines, warming up the tires, and you, and you get to the end, you go, oh, okay. And then the pace car goes, and then everyone else is just oh, by you, and you're fucking shocked. Like, what happened? We, I thought we were doing four. I thought this was a school zone, mate. Dude, it's like when your mum's <laughs> baking a cake and she lets the kid have a little taste of the icing before they eat the whole thing. God's <laughs> given us a little COVID taste, and the big fucking mud forest cakes about to come because but you know i actually realized we're so inept man now i'm tying it back to my my last thing i was talking about the fact that we haven't used this as an opportunity to address other viral contagions Mm. just speaks volumes about how fucking dumb humans are yeah and to the and to the greed and selfishness and everyone's pulling in different directions big farmers must know that the the drastic actions that were happening globally could be used to not just tackle COVID. You know this. You know yeah. this. But no one has, not one fuckhead has mentioned this as an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I they want to make money. If, like, the, influenza, like, they could have been wiped out. They could, that should have been wiped out with, with a very similar thing. It should have yeah. been, yeah, big lockdown. If you've got it, great. Well, you won't you won't have it soon, and no one else will get it, and it stops. Dude, chlamydia. I want chlamydia gone because I've I've currently got chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the the crypto thing's interesting too, because even if even if you are uh, bullish on it, and sure, maybe it gets to a hundred thousand at some point, but no, no, nothing's ever ever goes straight up. There's no stock, no asset, no anything that ever goes from one to two to ten to a hundred. It's one to two to one to three yeah, totally to do. fifty cents, and it fucking jumps around. And you got to know when to you got to know when to bank and sit out and wait, and then jump back in. If you if you, uh, it's like these people have these like long term visions for it, which is great. So like some of them will probably come true, and some of them will probably not come true or be replaced, or something will happen. Um, uh, that completely disrupts and changes the market. Um, uh, but for the ones that do come through, you're still going to have to sit through like we have with fucking Bitcoin before is it'll go to 10 and it'll go to one and it'll go to 20 and it'll go to five and it'll go to 30 and it'll go to five again. And it'll keep doing yeah. that. Um, it's not just going to be a fucking smooth sailing shit. This isn't a P and O cruise. Like you're not, you're not just heading out there and coming back and all the fucking pool tables have those uh, hydraulic things on them so that you can play even when the sea's a bit rough. Like, you were going to get fucked up. You're on a raft right now. That's yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so GME gets 
uh, gets thrust into the ground, 140% shorted. So there's it's shorted past 40% of the available shares. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have, yeah, like you said, you do have uh, Michael Burry and other uh other smart fucking cookies who have gone long on this uh on the stock but where reddit comes in is i think on wall street bets about 17 months ago this guy called uh his username's deep fucking value he posts in some other thread saying that he's uh putting fifty thousand dollars into uh gamestop calls uh it's a really small tiny little comment and it gets it, it gets two replies one guy saying uh uh, you're dead <laughs> and the other guy is saying lol good luck mate and then he he comments under that and says january 2021 watch me and uh sure enough uh what he was banking on and what he was uh projecting and what uh, these other people were projecting uh happens gamestop has a decent enough quarter not mind-blowing they just have a decent enough quarter and there's a little bit of interest in it and so the price jumps up a smidge and what happens when the price jumps up a smidge is that it's so overshorted that all these people are holding on to these short positions paying fees to do so and uh waiting for it to sink into the ground and now it's if they shorted it at four bucks and it's five bucks well then they've got people calling them going hey i want my fucking stock back and either yeah. they service by paying the difference uh, or paying the fees, or they go and they have to sell and they have to get the stock back so they can give it to whoever they borrowed it Dude, from. Dude, and then, and then Reddit jumps on and realizes this is happening and people start buying, buying, buying and going like, it's like Nick Leeson, it happened to him with Bearings Bank and he was uh, shorting and he was playing around with this shit and um, the, other, the other banks knew what he was doing so they, they reversed it all on him. So he had made an error and then he kept his ego. He's probably had a mania bipolar breakdown, but he thought he could trade <laughs> his way through it. Yeah. But everyone was aware of his position. Mm. So they fucked him because mm. he kept, he kept selling, kept selling, trying to sell it out. But all the other banks were like, he's, oh, he's fucked. He's fucked. <laughs> everyone buy, everyone buy, everyone yep. buy. And they brought down the whole bank because they basically saw, like the vulture saw the little black boy on the, on the desert. They saw that weakness and then it was, uh, it was game over because yeah. basically the guys had their pants down and uh, it was too late to pull them up before the dick was cut off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as this, as this, uh, the the like the price going up a little bit kind of triggers this uh, this huge sell off because people can't hold their short positions. Uh, it's costing them too much money, which means they're selling and the price continues to go up because they're selling. And so now the sentiment is switched and it's a buy sentiment, which means it keeps going up. And so suddenly this guy, deep fucking value who people were like, you're, a, you're an idiot. Like this, this business is fucked. Like good luck with your, with your $50,000 in calls, mate. In early January, he starts posting and he's going, Hey, my $50,000 in calls is now worth 2 million. And people are go going, Holy fuck. And they start doing due diligence on it. And they start seeing, what like you've suddenly got retail investors seeing what uh guys like michael burry and deep fucking yeah Valley yeah already are seeing, seen. and that it's overshorted it's impossible for these people to cover their positions um and so it starts really really winding up and then it goes from four dollars to twenty dollars and it starts hitting forty dollars and that's when the mania really sets in i think wall street bets went from being a subreddit with nine hundred thousand people on it i think there are over seven million subs on there now. dude and it's so good and then they had to then they had to try protect 
themselves. So all the all the all the truth came out. Like they were like, hang hang on, hang on, and they started pulling all the stops. And basically, yeah. the rats were revealed in the ranks. In that first week, um, retail investors through that Robinhood app and other uh, other like low commission, low fee apps uh had they wiped out five billion dollars in short positions um one of the main short holders melvin capital i think they they went bankrupt and uh their parent company had to bail them out 2.75 billion dollars and this is is when the stock is at a hundred bucks remember right it's still like it's it's run up insanely but it's still only a third of what it gets to in the following days when it wipes out, I think, $70 billion in short positions over AMC, GME, and these other way overshorted stocks are completely fucking decimated. And then the the, the real craziness and the absolute, uh, uh, like, the, the, the scheming, disgusting fucking uh like manipulation it starts to be uncovered because suddenly robin hood even stake in australia uh all these platforms all these clearing houses above them and all of these brokerages start going no you can't buy gme anymore so the buy yeah. sentiment is through the fucking roof you've got people on cnbc dude but i think i think you know the problem why they had to do that was because they were they had delayed settlement so they were in a position where they were going to go under because they were letting people buy and then the money only had to hit like 24, 48 hours later. So they suddenly realised, we, if this tanks, we're fucked. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, of, like of they, they thought, oh, we, we, we're exchanging all these contracts and then when this trashes, we're going to be wiped out. The whole business is going to go under. So well, they, and, and also the difference between a retail and an institutional investor is that if you're a retail investor, you go and you go, oh, I like the stock, I'll buy it, whatever. Um, and if it goes good, it goes good. If it goes bad, it goes bad. If you're if you're in a fuck if you're in a fund, you have uh you have relationships with banks and brokerages and clearinghouses, and you can call them and go, hey, we are fucked if this keeps happening, and they go out to bat for you and go to whoever's fucking mounting this attack. Yeah, yeah. And they go and they and they these and these other these other people in your corner can go to another hedge fund that's attacking your short position, say, and go, hey, look. Um, we need to settle this. Like, let's find a way to amicably do a deal. Uh, because if this hedge fund goes under, well, we're fucked too, and that is bad for you in this way. Like, there's le- there's there's backroom dealings and ways to fucking leverage that you don't have access to as a retail investor. The the, the ultimate move is that right that you you get uh, your buddy superior hedge funds, and when it hits the maximum price, you you on credit and on goodwill. You short the fuck out of it. And then you end up, do you know what I mean? And you short, you say, okay, look, hey guys, trust us. We've been going good for 30 years. When it hits 300 or 400 or whatever, what did it end up hitting? What was the max? I I think uh, pre-market was like 450. And I think on open, it was uh, 350, 360. So you say, okay, when it hits 350, short me for a trillion, start shorting for a billion every hour and just fucking smash this cunt because the reality is the numbers don't justify this this is a mm. once in a lifetime opportunity and then suddenly 
uh, the Reddit guys get wiped. You know what I mean? The only way to fix this is further shorting at the top. Yeah, or or, or covering your position in other ways. Um, I get. I guess the the you you still have other uh, hedge funds and other institutions who are seeing this happen, and they're not all friends. They're all, like they're all fucking sharks. So Melvin Melvin Capital wipes out two point seven five billion, and they're like fuck yeah, we can, we can really do some damage if we jump on board with this as well and we can probably close down a couple other houses. Dude, and they wipe them out and then think about it, they, they ride it up because they weren't shorted on this. It wasn't mm. their theory. And then around 350, they start shorting it and fix it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard this done in a company before where uh, directors were all holding the stock and um, two of them got margin loans on the stock. Mm. The other director worked this out. So he started, he shorted the fuck out of it, wiped them out, and then bought the stock at a discount. He basically was aware, oh, oh, really? Oh, you've got a few million in there. And he took the stock from 20 cents down to four or whatever. And then they got shorted, they got uh, margin called, closed out, and then he took over all the stock. And it was because he had overheard, you know, at lunch. Oh, That's really? Oh you're, oh, you're getting a margin on it. That's interesting, <laughs> hey? Very risky. And then he fucking basically shook them out and, and took, took over everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you, how good is it? It's like a shot over the bow because they've never had the iceberg moment. Now they realise for the increased yields that they're getting by shorting, they also run the risk of exponential loss because uh, the short can keep going. You know, it's not just you lost 50% or 100. You can lose 10,000% yes. on yeah, these yeah. positions. Well, so the, the, the idea with the, uh, with the retail investors and with Reddit and everything is that if the stock is shorted at 140% and people want to buy it, at some point, um, like the market value is the market value. Like so, let, let, okay. Let's say someone, everyone, the whole uh, company goes uh, goes public, right? Everyone buys in at a dollar, uh, and I mean literally everybody buys in at a dollar, and then they set the sell price to five hundred dollars. Well, now the stock price is worth five hundred dollars because there's no way to get in unless you pay that money. So the idea being that with these uh, large funds, which have short positions, that if everyone's set their sell, like if everyone's buying and everyone set their sell price fucking ludicrously high, well then at some point when the whoever they've borrowed the stock from to short it goes, I, I want my stock back, I've got buyers for it, they have to go and buy it at whatever the price is set. So the idea is that you can, you can bankrupt uh, fund and you can fuck over these institutions yeah. by driving the price up so high that they're, like they're obligated to purchase the stock back they've got contracts dude how good is it though because it's like that moment where the peasants realize they could overrun the castle <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah. where um do you know what i mean like um in the gladiators where they suddenly just jumped out of the coliseum uh who was it <laughs> spartacus and then just suddenly realized hey We've got a spare here. We can just like, <laughs> we're really good fighters. Cunts. We can actually just climb out of these cages and <laughs> fuck them up. And then they, they overthrew Rome. You know what mm. I mean? Like, uh, because you suddenly realize, do you know, it's the same idea where you think of the, 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 the baby boomers that own houses. Mm. You could just basically go and they're weak and old and gray haired. You just go and like, just start strangling them. Take the and house. Just walk into their house. And they're like, oh, we're doing our... Uh, Latino dancing later and you're like no you're not and you just fucking like drown them in a bath and, uh, do you know what I mean like we could immediately take all real estate up and go like you know what 
you back in your day, do you know what I mean? Work at PwC, two years savings, and then you get your house in Netherlands. And we're like, well, that doesn't happen anymore. Why don't you just get a house in Netherlands? You get the one behind us with the tennis court. And they're like, <laughs> they used to put like, I, I think it was like three years savings or something. And that's their deposit for a yeah. Netherlands house. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have to like fucking leverage and make 30 years of, of income, equivalent income to enter the market. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. They were like, well, it's easy. I did my articles at Pricewaterhouse. And then uh, on three years in, we purchased our first house, which was... We, we loved, we, we didn't get the tennis court, beautiful pool with the river views. I'm like, that's not how it works anymore. Hey, yeah, you work yeah. at PwC, you're in a share house until you're 47. <laughs> well, and that's, that's a disgusting thing, which ties into like, I guess the corruption and the Robin Hood thing, right? Is that you had all these, uh, uh, yeah, these, these institutions who have for years been going like, no, you got to invest in the stock market, invest in the stock market. And as soon as people start investing in the stock market, they're like, no, 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 no. What the fuck are you doing? Like you're fucking, you're fucking us up now. Like what, what what's going on? But how, like, how can a, uh, how can a, uh, how can a brokerage or a clearinghouse or a, at any level, any of these points, right? Like you, of, of course it, it uh, like, yeah, sure. They can't, um, they can't actually manage the trades that are coming through, so they have to put a limit on buying. But where the fuck was that when the shorts were happening? Like, yeah, how yeah. come? How come now? There's buy sentiment for the stock, and all of a sudden you can't service it. But before you were more than willing to let uh, institutional oh, investors fucking short it over a hundred and hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So what? No, fuck you. You should have to be, you have to make this trade. Get fucked. You should have to service these retail investors the same way that you're, you're servicing these institutions. What about the bigger question of the SEC and ASIC, just ASX, just to sleep at the wheel? Like, this is a straight financial crime. Like, the fact that you're able to fabricate an extra 40% on a company and it's just like, ah. Oh. Like, they've, they've not really piped up. Have they spoken about what, what the, the, the idea or the ethics behind shorting? The fact that um, it's probably worse than insider trading? Like, why the fuck is there no message about this? Do you know this fucking free printing press that people have had for the last seven years on ASX? So I, I, I've got to look it up when they came on. But do you know what I mean? Like... When, when did this subtly, when was this allowed? And, the, you know, the shorting is run often by an algorithm uh, that, 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 that sits on in the ASX platform. So it actually mirrors your trades before you do it. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of things. Like, why did they let a virus into the ASX platform, yeah. which is controlled by an institution that mirrors trades just a moment before they executed? Why was shorting? Who fucking lobbied that? When did when did this become an idea? Do you know what I mean? These were the the you know these are like nineteen twenty nine crash shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? These are crazy fucking products. I'm like, who signs off on this shit? And this is what I like, man, because I realised who signs off on it. Bernie Ma Bernie Madoff was on the SEC. He was high up for a very long time. <laughs> the guy that was their big biggest Ponzi scam in the known world, my hero. He fucking, <laughs> he, he was a big, big mover and shaker on SEC. So he was in there stealing every day from mums and dads. So, I mean, how much do you think he gave a shit about keeping things fair?
Yeah, and only now that you have these white collar fuckwits on CNBC crying, going like, "You're gonna destroy, you're gonna destroy Wall Street. What are you doing?" It's like, no, you are gonna fucking destroy Wall Street because you shorted a company to 140 percent of its available capacity. You are the fuck up, and only then uh, is there even talk of someone looking into maybe regulating how this recently invented uh, financial product works, so that it isn't fucked for. Uh, for people at the bottom and for the companies and for everyone else and you, and it won't and it won't fucking happen it's not going to happen no one's going to nothing's going to be done dude and and this is the big question because you had derivatives and other stuff back when they did the ball and brown and all these finance theories back in the day the efficient market adam smith whatever the fuck but i'm saying like shorts didn't exist then which is a theoretical selling of selling of something you don't own Mm. That, that's not factored into any of the economic models. Like no one, that wasn't in finance theory, as far as I'm aware. You could do you could do puts. Do you know mm. what I mean? But not puts. I, I suppose puts, but puts didn't have a a direct impact on the underlying security. Well, yeah, because that's a, that's an options contract. So yeah, that's it's um, outside of it, right? A derivative. Yeah. But the, the, this is a direct impact on the underlying product and this isn't factored into efficient market but what what i hear from hedge funds is it's an efficient market if it's a strong business it's robust it'll make it through but they've never had a way of actually draining the direct bath like putting a plug and pulling it and then saying ah look your boat's sinking i'm like yeah because you fucking punctured a hole in the bottom you fuckhead you drilled a hole in the bottom of a ship and said well it was a good boat it would still go you drilling holes. That's what shorting is, just drilling holes in the, the, the bottom of a boat and then saying, it's sunk. It's sunk. And you, you don't own the boat. You shouldn't be on the boat, but you've got to drill. And you just drill, 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 drill. You've called triple zero for ambulance. Press one for police. Press two for fire. Press three. Thank you for calling the fire department, home of Australia's most popular fire extinguishing service, water park, and annual calendars. For cinema times, press 1. To book a table at Burn, our famous bar and grill, press 2. To renew your wet and wild fire world annual pass, press 3. To pay a commercial or residential kitchen fire safety fine, press 4. For removals and general fire truck hire, Press 5. For bar and function hire at one of our stations nationwide, press 6. To speak with Glenda, press 7. To hire a fiery for your next event or engagement, press 8. And if you are in immediate danger, press 9 now. Thank you for calling Burn. Our staffed hours are 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. till late. Tuesday to Sunday. Please leave a message or book online at burnbarandgrill.com.au. Thank you. When even even if you want shorts to continue existing, right? Which is which is probably in some uh, in some aspect should be fine. Like there there should be a way to to do that because I mean you like you look at the the flip side of that, right? Um, uh, like yeah, shorting the housing market, like that's a that's a that's a great move. You find something which is way overvalued and you short it um, because you think, well, this is fucking stupid. Like this is this is stupid. Like this is definitely going to fail. But w- with no regulation, it's it it 
it gives institutions the impunity to completely fuck the game up. Like, there should totally, why aren't there regulations in place to go? Okay, well, you, you can't you can't have a hundred percent of your holdings. A hundred percent of your holdings can't be shorts. You can't have over fifty percent of a company be shorted. You can't borrow that more. Oh yeah, yeah because think about it as well. If you because if you short over fifty percent, you're in control now. So you you know you know what I mean. Or you're mm. selling fifty, but I'm saying whoever lent you it is sold. Effectively, it means that whoever lent you it has sold um, half the business to you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like so, yeah. effectively, it's a takeover at that point. This is an interesting theory because it's like. Once it le- someone was lending out this stock, right? I don't know the extra 40. I've got to read up, man, because I've been busy. But I was saying to you, like, the 50%, once you had lent out over 50, theoretically, they're, they're shorter now because they had, they had, you had sold that stock. Do you know they sold that stock and were going to buy it back? That's a, some of these transactions require, like, um, change in ownership, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a 50% shareholder and you you lend it out, you're no longer, you have to now disclose. Uh, they don't do these disclosures, right? You are now no longer in control of this company because you've given it to someone else, right? Because you lent it out to someone else. So theoretically, you should have like a substantial holding change and say, hey, I shouldn't be on the board anymore because I lent out 60% of the stock, I am no longer have a controlling interest until that returns. So now someone else is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's other questions that arise when you short to these sort of numbers. Well, you've lent out, uh, you've got a controlling interest, you're on the board, you, you're running it, and you find out that the fuckheads lent out half the stock. Well, then you're no longer in charge, so you should be removed as CEO. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. until well, you, the stock's returned. I guess the problem is, is that, like, the, the way it's set up is that even though you've lent out of, lent out an amount of the stock, it's like, okay, well, are, are these, um, uh, are these, what do they call, like, class A, like, decision-making shares? Like, the, first of all, they're not just, uh, like, equity shares. Uh, yeah. So, so if, you, if you hold a percentage of them, do you, like, do you have a vote or not? Which is probably probably unlikely in the in the GameStop uh situation um uh and then you I guess you all, you also have the option to call it back at any point so you shouldn't be able to I don't know what the regulations are I I reckon maybe maybe, maybe if you sell uh maybe if you if you do lend out over 50 percent of the stock you hold then uh and you were on the board say that you you wouldn't be able to do that but I the short time I don't think the short time coming internally from GameStop it's not like they're lending out um uh, uh their own like whatever their holdings are it's people who have purchased the uh, yeah people have purchased it are selling it but I'm saying to, and they, to they, get they have no su- they have no direct control over the company it's not like the the stock they hold entitles them to anything the majority of the time right but I, I'm saying like this the stock you own like I I've the, the extra 40%, dude, is interesting, hey? Like, it's synthetic fucking short or what? I fa- yeah, because there's, yeah, there's synthetic shorts. I found, a, I found a fucking thing on it that was, uh, that was really interesting. I want to I find it again. Yeah, but, man, but you know what the thing that I find interesting? Imagine if you did this, right? You lend out, you've got 50%, you own it, you're controlling a majority shareholder. You lend out your 50%. Theoretically, at that point, um, stewardship, stewardship passed to the guys you lent it to. The short could then wind up the business. You know what I mean? As in, mm. there's a debatable at that point. You're no longer in control of it because you lent it out, right? So do you still get decision making during that period? Do you know what I mean? I'm just saying there's a lot of there's a lot of weird 
things that come into play that haven't been mentioned, in my opinion. Like, I'm saying, this is probably bullshit. Someone's listening going, you fucking dickhead. It's fucking (laughs) Nuplex theory. But what I'm saying to you is there are a lot of unanswered questions around shorts, in my opinion, that uh, I don't know why they were never answered before this shit was brought in. Yeah, I think the, the, like, the regulations in the market is reactionary, right? Like, no one... Uh, no one... The, the, the people making policy, uh, the, if they, they, can, they can float models, but that doesn't mean anything's going to be passed. They can, they can float the model for the housing crisis and go, like, look, this is what's going to happen. Like, you've repealed Glass-Steagall. You've made it so banks can lend... Lend and lend and lend and lend and lend with no end in sight, and this is this is what the end game could look like. Uh, and even if they're correct, it's not like anyone's going to action Dude, on it's it. It's like that. It's like that fucking uh, Greek guy over the politician. That did you see that he stole the Greek club? Did you see that thing that Friendly Geordies did? No. He did an expose, and he basically went to the Macedonian or Greek club, and then got them entrapped in debt, so they couldn't pay it. They, they had owned the house. There was pe- peasants had saved up, bought it. They owned it outright. He got a mortgage in there and then ran them. They weren't making enough money to service it, liquidated it and bought it for a fire sale. Do you know what I mean? Like these are the sort of types of strategies, to, do you know what I mean? To undermine a business, like you buy the stock and then on the sly you give it to your mate, Jimmy, to try fuck it, you know, to lend it out. Mm. I, man, but I, it, it's very good that this has happened, hey, because I think a lot of... Um, a lot of um, hedge funds are going to be fucking shitting their pants now. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. But then, like, what uh, what changes what changes were made after the after oh wait, you know what I mean? Like, what changes are actually going to be implemented? And then, even if they are implemented, well, what's the next thing that they do that's fucked? You know, you, you know how you know it's a boys' club mm-hmm. is this was available to hedge funds the whole time, but because they all had the, their, their trough, their nose in the trough, in the gravy train, no one ever did it. Because like, like they did with Leeson, where they fucked him, they mm. knew he was overexposed, and then they just magnified the position until Bearings Bank collapsed. A hedge fund could have done this themselves. They could have thought, ah, suck these cunts. I'm just going to buy it up. Well, let's commit... A trillion dollars will run GameStop up and wipe these guys out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like just for fun. Like this was available to institutions from the beginning. They could have thought 140 percent. Aha! You just fucking shat your bed. Bye bye, <laughs> and just fucking ran it to 400. But I, the reason they don't do that is because um, of uh, legislation. Like they would get in trouble. Retail's got away with it. They would be like, yeah. "What the fuck." You have overinflated a stock. That would be considered market manipulation, right? Yeah, it's oh, market but, manipulation. By the way, but fucking uh, going in and stopping people from uh, buying isn't market manipulation. And going on CNBC and saying, "Oh no, this is like like they literally controlled the the news narrative." Like Wall Street had articles in there that were for obfuscation counterintelligence yeah it was a full psyops campaign Think- where they're going in and they're like they're pushing silver now they're going oh silver's running up reddit starts running up silver they're manufacturing these fucking stories that are going out th- to every even even like uh, australian news outlets are picking it up and going so is silver gonna be the next thing to run up by by fucking reddit like is Re- reddit's running up silver reddit, reddit's gonna do it dude how's this for a question though how because all all the major bosses or uh, all the major sort of um, fucking 
trading trading sort of uh, you know like ASA, uh, a- ASX and whatnot mm. have market manipulation as a law. SEC mm. has it. You can't sell or buy a stock with the intent of m- moving the price. Mm. So I'm like shorting by definition is market manipulation. So I'm like retrospectively anyone that shorted should go to jail because your only intention <laughs> is to manipulate the price, right? You have no vesting interest in the business. Mm. So it's a, up, a, a straight up and down slam dunk case for market manipulation. So the reality is retrospectively shorting's entire intention is to manipulate the price down. I think I think shorting uh, at this scale and in this way is market manipulation. Yeah, yeah, but that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, but I I, I, I suppose on a on a small scale, right? It's it's like you you're banking against it being shit and you're allowed to have negative sentiments, so sure. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying on 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 140 percent, what I'm saying to you is that company that had the 140 drawn, that's market manipulation. That's jail. Well, and the, the problem is, is that it's a multitude of companies as well. It's like, uh, you're sure you've got uh, like Melvin Capital, which is a hedge fund that was heavily invested in this short position. But that's just one company that is over leveraged on the sort of institutional financial sentiment on GameStop, which is negative. And they've gone, they've, like, they've just slapped their dick on the table and gone, yeah, we'll fucking go in real hard. And it, and it, and it, wreck them you know what i mean yeah. like that melbourne capitals almost the, they're like they're the dumbest cunts at the party they came late right they probably shorted the thing at 10 bucks and everyone else is sitting there going we shorted at 100 like you're an idiot what the fuck's yeah, going yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. so they've they've over over leveraged themselves but it's like you can't uh but because of the collusion and the 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 backdoor dealings and the fact that you're talking about um uh, okay, like if you okay if you if you instead of thinking of them as people, if you thought of them uh, sorry as companies, you thought of them as people instead of funds, they're individuals. If you had if you had ten people in a room and they all had ten mil, and then they were like, okay, great, we're gonna run up fucking um, uh, strategic elements, and the wank battery is going up to four bucks. Yeah. Well, that would be market manipulation. But because they're all companies, and because it's all diverse, and uh, and there's you, who are you pinning the tail on? Who are you going? Yeah. Oh, it was you, cunt. It's like no, there's 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 forty of them. So that even that makes it fucking difficult. There should just be regulation in place to stop uh, the market from uh from standing on a company's neck uh when they're in the dirt like that's yeah. that's the problem is the it, the the market is allowed to move in that way no it's crazy dude it's crazy i um it, it was so good though it was so exciting when it was happening man i loved it because <laughs> people would have been like i'm surprised they didn't have more nets up around the hedge funds Like people would have been fucked so many people have been like had their whole life destroyed now i don't i don't know man i reckon that um i reckon they like they you know market closes and then overnight they're and over weekends they're just doing back their fucking back door covering their positions like man the market closed on uh on a friday and they were at 130 percent of uh short position still right like gamestop's been shorted 130 percent and then on monday at the open it's 112 and you're like, oh, what so on? What do you do this on Sunday? Oh, you're just trading on Sunday. Like, what the fuck is going on? I oh, dude, that's what I like. It's always the story, man. It's like um, miso blast before the REM cell. That last ten minutes trading after mm. the four o'clock bell. Uh, I think it was six hundred and eighty grand went through, which is not lots, but it was done in haste at mm. four four forty. 
It was obviously an insider move. It was done last minute, last second. It's someone linked with FDA. Mm. Whoever did that trade should go to jail. Like, it was the foreboding straight away when I was committed. I was like, oh, we're fucked. But I'm like, that is, I don't understand. It's never flagged, man. And it's like what I did with uh, Wolf Petroleum. I told them, hey, dude, I think they've, like, run this underground, uh, blocked the minority stake and phoenixed it. And, mm. uh, and, uh, the ASIC was like, look, we appreciate that, but on a cost benefit, we've decided to let it go. So I'm like... They, 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 Fucking hell, man. They don't care, dude. I've said, you know, I've, I've done it with so many companies and they're like, oh, you know, on a cost benefit, you know, we're going to let this one slide. And I'm like, they broke the corporation's law and, and that's what you administer. ASIC is meant to administer that. And they say, well, you know what? We, we only got a little bit of funding. You know why? Because all the money's gone to traffic cops to like stand in the bushes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like your, your cost benefit is not benefiting me. You're, you're actively working against me by letting these things happen. And, man, I, I don't understand how, like, you, how, how the fuck does the aftermarket exist? How the, like, you, as a retail investor, you do not have access to after-hours trading Easily, no, in, a, in, AS, in ASX, it's only the last 10. Yeah, but, there's but cross in the trading US. between brokers that happen after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Well, but, even, but man, even on the ASX, why the fuck is the ASX? Why, why am I not allowed to trade in the last 10 on the ASX? You are, what man. You are. That last 10 is when they settle it. They do a settlement. They, they match the, the bid, bid ask. But they don't have Spread. like a, like the uh, 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 New York Stock Exchange has the pre-market and the post-market they have like a proper after hours Dude, and they have no because asx opens that first 10 minutes is done alphabetical like mm. in a tiered system to the 10 minute mark and then yeah. the close is a match system for 10 minutes uh, where they match bid ask and then there are a lot of games played do you know what I mean brokers pre and post try fucking influence by uh, putting fictitious bids in yeah. again i wonder why you get to do that i see so much shit like window dressing do you know where like uh the closing trade should be 16 and someone clips it to f 15 and a half just to make you think that they haven't been busy all day but the 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 the, the, the volume weighted average has happened all at 17 and then the last minute with 10 grand they push it down to 15 to keep the chart Mm. Off, off the radar. Do you know what I mean? Like they do a lot of this shit. It should just like the the market trades all day without any without any issues. Like, well, unless the fucking ASX crashes their software system by doing a fucking update on a Tuesday. But like, what, what, why? Yeah, why on earth is there this window? Uh, like pre and post market. Well, I think the opening window is to allow uh, allow people that own like a myriad of stocks to make trades do you know what i mean so they get a a to c and they can deal with their fucking csl and then do you know what i mean they can execute so you know what i mean they can orderly exit or enter do you know what i mean so they can handle their list of portfolio sure okay. a little bit of time but i mean do you this know, is if it's a drop five percent they can slowly tear it out but this is a this is a this is a different this is a different thing anyway because what i'm talking about with gme and the new york stock exchange is that overnight uh, these after this after hours market continues to trade, and it's like it's a it's a tracked market. Like you've got the pre market and the post market for hours. You can see how it's doing, and there's uh you've you've got uh like Robinhood and other brokerages and clearinghouses going. No, nah, no GME buys. Um, 
but then in the after hours it's all it's all moving and the price is getting forced down and during that no buy time you could uh you could see these short sell high frequency trades going through at like a a hundred shares or 10 shares, just fucking moving back and forth. So over, uh, like over the after hours and during the day when uh, there's a restriction on buying that price, which is three fifty, uh, at the close when you could buy is now being driven down and down and it's 200 and it's a hundred dollars and it's $90 and then it's $80 and then it's 60 bucks. And as soon as buying opens back up again, whoop, we're over a hundred and yeah. it, it does that. And you go, what the fuck? This is, this is fucking market manipulation. Dude, it's totally. And they've got these thinly trade. It's thinly traded then. Yeah. So it means shit all. It's Low like $12 volume. went through and it's exactly. up a hundred percent. Do you, did you see, I saw this uh, Bloomberg uh, quick takes. It's like a little 20 minute documentary. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you might remember this, but there was like a 2010 um, flash crash that happened where like a uh, trillion dollars was wiped off of uh, the New York Stock Exchange uh, in about an hour. Like it just fucking dumped, right? Shit. Um, and they they tracked it for years and they tra- traced, they thought it was like some insider trading thing or some hedge fund or some bank or some guy had done something and triggered this flash crash they tracked it back to this uh this kid he's like 25 he lives in like hounslow in the uk and he had what he had done is he'd he'd been so pissed off at high frequency trading algorithms he developed his own right and he set it up and he got it working and he got it working so well that he had turned it on and it would print like it was like the first day it was like 200 grand just from doing high frequency trades. And what it was, what, but the, the way it was doing it is uh, illegal. It was uh, creating fictitious buy or sell orders to manipulate the price. So it would pump through like a thousand buy orders and then cancel them immediately. But then the other algorithms are reacting and they're going, oh, sentiment, sentiment, sentiment. Oh, that's so good. So he's, what, what he does, he, he creates his own uh yeah his his own hft algorithm right sets it up and he starts printing money and he's doing like 200 grand a day 600 grand a day 900 grand a day and then one day he does it right uh it uh just and then an hour or an hour and a half before the market closes he turns it off uh and goes downstairs for dinner or something or to fucking he's arrested live his life no not even that this is even better he he leaves it and because he pulls the plug on it so quickly, right? Um, all these orders that have gone in and been cancelled or whatever he was doing, it, it was like the, yeah, it was the spark, like the pilot light came back on and the room was full of gas and the market just fucking tanks because he, whatever sentiment he put out there is picked up by all these other traders and all these high frequency bots and the market drops a trillion bucks in an hour and then bounces straight back. And they fucking, they work to find him for years Six years later, they figure out who it is, right? They try yeah. to extradite him from the UK. They've spent millions of dollars and he has caused like a trillion dollars worth of value loss in an hour, <laughs> right? They fly him over thinking like, they're like, oh, we've got him. We've got this guy. They get an extradition order. And then basically as the court case goes on, they start figuring out that this is just some kid with Asperger's who's who created a high frequency trading algorithm oh, so in his good. bedroom. And uh, like they, they realized that uh, he made like, he had like 50 mil. He put it in all these dumb 
fucking investments. Like these people would contact him and be like, "Oh yeah, we've got this great. It's a it's a it's a ski resort, um, and it's in Jamaica. It's going to be fucking awesome." And he's like, "Yeah, sure. Have a mill. Have a mill here. Have two mill here. Whatever." And by the time they get him, they go they set bail at seven million dollars. He goes, "I I don't have that." at all and they're like you're you're a lying sack of shit you've got 50 mil and then he's yeah. like I, I can't pay it and they start digging through his finances and realize that realize that he has lost all this money his parents have to put up their fucking house for like three hundred thousand pounds uh they have to remortgage it to get him out on bail yeah and eventually the case runs for so long that they just go okay look uh we thought you were a mastermind and it turns out you were just a really clever like like a savant like an idiot and he he's like he and you've helped so much with exposing like what your algorithm did and how you manipulated the market unintentionally and how other people can be doing the same thing that we reckon we've probably you've probably had enough punishment and they just sent him home oh that's so good that he got off it but the crazy thing is why the fuck is he arrested for his high-frequency trading algorithm on a retail level while everyone else is allowed to get away with it? And yeah, sure, he he broke he broke a rule that they had put in place where you can't create a buy order and cancel it immediately. Yeah, like you yeah, have to fair actually enough. trade back and forth. But he doesn't know. He's he's unsophisticated. He doesn't fucking understand that. It's the whole reason that ASIC, like you know, I approached them about Wolf Petroleum and they're not interested and the whole thing is because um they'll go after retail because they know they don't have uh, uh they don't have lawyers but mm. they're not going to go after a big broker no. or a big bank because they go okay we got how much funding do we get this year 83 grand to investigate all crimes <laughs> and then they're like well i don't think we should go against goldman sachs <laughs> who are just willing to put uh, 150 mil up in lawyers fees just <laughs> yeah. on spite even if they've basically directly stolen, or they go, or they go, fuck it. Yeah, we'll pay the fine. Whatever. We printed two bills. They'll pay the fine, but also ASIC's not going to touch them because they know, like, they go, well, that's our whole budget. Mm. That's a whole budget for the year. If we take them on, they won't fucking sleep. That's a ten-year program. They'll they'll throw they'll throw a billion dollars to block you. So then it's like, oh, you know what? Let them have their algorithms. They're not that bad. <sighs> Retail get used to it. Oh my god, it's insane, man. We got uh, we got picks of the week. Uh, I think I think we did a pretty fucking good job on GME. Uh, GME, I picked. I picked that. Remember? (laughs) Yeah, I remember, man. I made twenty-seven million on it. Man, I don't know, dude. At the moment, it's just dude. Just quickly, that guy deep fucking value his uh, options. At peak, I think they they maxed out at fifty million dollars. Did it? Yeah, because I I thought it was twenty seven, but higher. I didn't keep up on it. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Fifty mil at peak, mate. Good what on. a legend. What a yeah, legend. man, I'm just sort of uh, mulling over at the moment with picks. Do you know we're still just mm. waiting on the positions that we've got. Mm. Like, there's not a hell of a lot. I'm not that active at the moment. Just trying to fucking find my feet. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to work out with Miso like whether the back treatment will work. Or if it's just going to be a three-year hiatus, mm. so that's sort of really. I know I always mention it, but that's sort of the one that's, uh, yeah, fucking just disappointed me. So you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not so bullish at the moment. I'm just sort of uh, licking licking my wounds, looking around. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to rush too much, but you know the, the other positions that are, we've mentioned in prior ones, uh, just wait and see and sit and good. But do you know, like it's just uh, it's a waiting game now. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got stupid delays on WGO. Yeah, and dude, it just can't always be... Um, stagnant. Fireworks. Bullshit. Obviously, IPB, I spoke to the director. He assured me that the money's coming through. Mm-hmm. But um, then hasn't been picking up calls for a few days, so we'll see. Do you know what I mean? He's fucking, he was so available. And, uh, and now, like, last week he hasn't picked up three calls, so I've slowly, I'm slowly unwinding that because it yeah, feels yeah. like uh, th- 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 another delusional liar, so it's probably time to, who knows, like, he's still positive on it, but do you know what I mean? It's like um, the check's in the mail for only so many weeks before yeah. you have to fucking exit. Is there anything new and interesting to be looking nah, at? No, man, at nothing for me. You know why? Because I've been doing my festival shows, winning best local comedian of the hour. <laughs> and I, I've been sidetracked. I haven't been really looking that much. And also with the volatility and the, you know what I mean? I'm just looking to like build. Uh, you know what I mean? I, you know, the thing is as well, like I've realized uh, in stocks, if you're always, if you're always pushing, you know what I mean? Like there, there, there were a few spikers um, this week, man, that mm. I looked at. But do you know what I mean? I feel like uh, at the moment, yeah, it's just suck and see where we're at. Yeah, I, mean? I get, I get what you mean. If you're always, um, if you're always pushing, well, then when it flips, well, if around, you're always pushing for an idea, then it's inevitable that you're going to start uh, picking some sh- shit. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, a, which is a very good point. No um, one, you know what I mean? I think the idea that you always got an idea. It's a problem. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I've been, uh, I've had some, had some good fun with, uh, with crypto. Um, obviously from that 11,000 down to 5,000, a big, big fucking hit. Um, but we've come back strong, man. We've made a four bag. Uh, we got up to 21 at the moment. It was 22 last night. Pretty good. Um, yeah. uh, just spot trading and then, uh, selling out, um, selling out my margins here and there when they have a decent spike. Which is always fucking great, man. Like that, like uh, oh, I think I think I spoke to you on the uh, uh, on the phone earlier, man. Like I, I bought in at Ripple at twenty two cents on a margin, and that fucking thing went up to seventy five. I hopped out at sixty eight, which just felt so good. Jump back in after it halved. What a beautiful Dude, fucking play, man. This is the thing you got the golden touch, and it's always about um, <laughs> one of the. It's that buyer sentiment, the mad off. You got to keep buying, keep buying. There's no harm in sitting on the side of the pool for an hour. Like it, it really isn't bad because you can always buy back in, and that's what you always forget because the universe always puts you into decision points. But both alternatives still exist. Mm. This is the problem because you're like, should I fucking buy? Should I sell? Oh, Miso's got their fucking their call, but like. Nothing changes. They still exist the next day and the day after and you start to get like pressured and you're like, I must make a decision. Yeah. But sometimes you don't have to do shit or you can actually just pull out and go, you know what? I don't want to be fucking pressured to make a call. So I'm just not going to be in it at all. And I'm just going to reinvest in three years time and see what happens. Do you know what I mean? Like so often in life, like you'll hear, should I, should I quit comedy and go into a plumbing job? I'm like, well, why not just drift along and, and make no decision? Do you know what I mean? Like you don't always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. both things still real. Like you're like, I hear comics now after festival that have lost heart and they're like, I think I'm going to quit comedy. I'll get into counseling <laughs> or something. I'm like, you don't actually have to quit comedy, right? You know, you don't have to quit anything. They both still exist. I'm like, you can yeah, just... You can you can pull back a little bit. I'm like, you can start being a counsellor just because you have to officially say, I now quit comedy. <laughs> Such a lie. Like, we know you're going to be back. 
But you're like, I've decided on April 14th that this doesn't exist in my world anymore. I'm like, why pressure yourself like that? Just go, you know what? I'm, I'm not doing gigs. Don't like, yeah, don't live to these binary outcomes. You have these binary decisions and you're like, I'm a counsellor now. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm like, you know what? You can still do teaching, do an odd gig. Like you don't, you made, you've made yourself, you've made this binary. It yeah. could exist and you could do both and you could say, oh, well, I'm just, just don't book as many for a few weeks. You don't actually have to tell everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like what I'm doing with my drinking. <laughs> I w- would like to say, I, Andrew Wolf, on the 3rd of February, quit forever. Yeah. But it's not realistic, like, because alcohol still exists. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it lure me in. Yeah. But I'm saying, I, if I, I've done a week now and it's like, well, that's, that's all right. Like, I don't have to go and broadcast it. Obviously, I've said it in the pod now and I'm mentioning it to everyone that will listen. But I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be. But yeah, it was, yeah you, you've not, you've not said, you, you've made no claims. You've not been like, oh, I'm quitting, whatever. You're just like, hey, I'm off booze. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Everyone's looking to define themselves by moments. And it was at that point I realized <clears throat> I was never going to walk the, the path again. Which is it's never like, true because the point that you realized is actually uh, with hindsight 10 years later when you go, and that was the moment I figured out. It's like, no, that was the last time you drank. That was what that moment was. There was no, there were no fucking choir of angels. God didn't reach down and touch you on the dick. You just didn't drink after that and you kept it going. You know why I, I might stop drinking is because drunk people are so annoying. It's mm-hmm. finally tweaked to me. I'm just like... Uh, around the festival, I was just like, oh, shut the fuck up. And I think it's because my nihilism, I'm, I'm depressed, but I'm like, oh, this, this, you're annoying. I found almost everyone drunk annoying. I was just like, oh, I'm so angry around these people. Don't you think? Like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really, it, because maybe I wasn't drinking as much. I just remember on New Year's, staring at everyone, just revolted. These drunk hordes, like, oh, la, 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 la. And I was like, I hope I'm not here next year. Hey, that's what I thought. I hope I'm not here. I'd rather just lie under a blanket and cower for my own life. I think the binary outcome thing is... uh is is true i mean it goes back to that whole like the the fucking chart's gonna go up and down even if it's trending upwards you know like i'm i was sitting there looking looking at ripple looking at my position and it's like fucking 68 cents i've made like three grand on it and i'm sitting there going okay well it might keep going up forever but if i jump out now well let's see what happens tomorrow if it's fucking i can buy back in i can whatever yes dude it's this it's a psychological trick yeah. that you've bought a ticket to the fair and now you've got to stay in there, but it's an all-day entry pass and you can come and go at your leisure and, yeah. and you feel like, well, better go on the fucking whipper-dipper again, even though my stomach's sore from uh, chalk bombs. Going to have to get the ambulance home. Yeah, it's like you've, but you already, know I mean? you, you've already thrown up in three bends and you're like, I've got to get the most out of this Got to get the ticket. most, but you, you're like, oh, like you've, man, got a week you've got an annual pass, dude. Go home. You're sick. <laughs> you've got a seasonal pass. If you've got a seasonal pass to a ski slope, you can just do one run and then go not feeling it today and go home. Like you don't have to go, well, we drove here. I'll push through and just do a hundred runs that means shit man. to me. It's the it's the uh, yeah it's the it's the investor's fallacy. You're like I've already sunk this in. I have to commit. It's like you aren't having fun. You're not having fun right now. It's like yeah, but I'm here. It's like no, you <laughs> got leave now and have a better time. You'll get home. You'll feel better and come back another time. You got to tarnish the memory Don't, of the ski it's, trip. It's been it's been my trading error like that constant need to think that you've got to keep moving out 
where like there were periods. Do you know when I'd made that meal or so where I could have just said, oh, I'll just take a year off. Mm. And just who gives a fuck about these ideas? Mm. Just bin them. Like that one worked well. I'm just going to like lie by the pool drinking. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like they go, well, what, what happened to that stock? I'm like, who cares? I'll see what it is in a year. Yeah. I'm just going to fucking uh, wander around in a towel just swimming. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, but you don't, you don't give yourself that reprieve. You think, oh, I've got to go, 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 got to go. And uh, you know what I mean? It, it builds, the pressure builds. But anyway, man, I'm going to fucking call it now. Yeah, man. Um, sounds good. Uh, sure thing. Dot money. Uh, That's that it, brother. Button, Speak to you later, man. Have a good one, baby boy. Cheers, good baby. To See you later. Leveraging your home, margin personal loans, hedged by put contracts, holding 15 overexposed bad positions, looming threat of liquidity.